And in the ongoing Russia investigation, details are emerging from fired FBI director James Comey's new book and his scathing views of the president. The GOP preparing an extensive campaign to discredit fired FBI director Jim Comey as he embarks on his media tour for his tell-all book. The Devil's Advocate podcast is an opinion talk show and is the attempt of a few friends to have a reasonable conversation about current events without the vitriol that we've become accustomed to in today's modern political climate. TDAP is what happens when a few normal people sit down and discuss the week's top stories by having a rational and somewhat entertaining conversation. The goal of TDAP is to provide a forum for the listener to hear multiple perspectives on a myriad of topics instead of being bombarded with the same one-sided debates that we commonly get from news and media organizations. It is hosted by Brandon Condit, Mitchell Hernandez, and Franklin Everhart. President Trump was very much on offense in that phone interview with Fox and Friends, and he again went after Jim Comey and the Justice Department. This is a big mistake, this book. He is guilty of crimes. And if we had a Justice Department that was doing their job instead of spending... It's your Justice Department, Mr. President. Mr. President, you're the Republican in charge. You've got a Republican here. I, I answer this all the time. What he did, Brian, was... Terrible. He leaked classified information in order to try and get a special counsel. He says it wasn't classified, Mr. President. All righty, Dappers. Um, welcome to episode 50. Milestone! Yeah, 50, 50, 50. Party. <laughs> Finally, finally did it. This, uh, this, the reason that these last couple episodes have been so untimely, um, is because I'm fucking dying. So <laughs> I like, I don't know what's going on. Three and a half weeks of just like puking and being incredibly sick. Like it, it's been horrible for for me. So I apologize for the um for for the the lateness of these last couple episodes. I know what the fuck, um, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just I'm a bastard. Nobody so. dies but you. But Come on. That's something I've been saying that for years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Something something that I am gonna tease at the start of the show is that it at the end of the show we've got an awesome announcement that I'm that I'm really excited to make. So definitely if you get annoyed with us um through this episode, just fast forward because the, the announcement's worth it. <laughs> so um so Anyway, as Frank and I discussed on episode 49, that we've been reading the Comey book, and so we wanted to um, get, we wanted yeah. to take take an opportunity to review this, especially since that we, I think the three of us all feel like the media has not done justice to this book in their description not of it. Not at all. Not James at Comey, all. Al- James Comey also hasn't done a ton of justice in his interviews in the last couple of weeks, but that's because yeah, I mean, me- there's only so much. Yeah, he's only so much he can do about the questions being asked exactly. about him. Well, though. that's yeah, kind of up and to the reporter, and that's kind of my point too. Is that the media is just focusing on these cer- these this specific set of questions, so like, it makes it feel like the book is about something that it's not. And I think right. one of the 
one of the the things that I've been most passionately upset about on social media over the past couple weeks since the book dropped is how many people clearly have not read a single page of it and have determined what it's about. And I know one way or the the other, they're already deciding like, oh, it either is a total assassination of Trump or it completely exonerates Trump and it just doesn't. Right. You know, fuck Comey. He's the leaker. So. Right. Let's get in. And the thing is, it's. It's not about Trump. Like two not chapters really. of fourteen are yeah. about Trump. So let's get into I'm spoilers gonna... here and get into what actually is in the book because this this actually it I was pretty impressed with it. I think that if I had to give it my overall rating right off the bat, I would give it a highly deserved eight point five out of ten. There wasn't yeah. a lot in this book I didn't like, and most of all being that James Comey's got style. And right, <laughs> dude, he's he's a fantastic writer. He, he so clearly like, does. Yes, like he totally missed his fucking calling. I I've been joking with both of you guys because if people have been listening to the show for a while, they know that we're we're Game of Thrones nerds. And because mm-hmm. George R R Martin can't get his head out of his own ass, James Comey should just finish the goddamn series. <laughs> like, come on, let's as soon do as it. we yeah, as so, soon as we said that, then George R R Martin came out and was like, I finished a book. It's not Winds of Winter. <laughs> like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> right, get the fuck out of so, here. So. So let's let's dive into this Comey thing. I admittedly have, have not finished it. I know both of you guys have. I finished admittedly it. finished it ten minutes ago. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, but I finished it like two days after it came out. I could not put it down. Yes, yeah, to me, I thought it was like Mitch said. It was. It's very captivating. It is captivating. I we'll get into a little bit more of it here in a moment. I thought the tone was a little uneven. Um, but starting right off from the beginning, because I can't think of a better way for this book to start off. Chapter one, Ramsey Rapist. It's fucked. Yeah. James Comey, yeah. a young 17-year-old James Comey, face-to-face with the Ramsey Rapist. And from right off the bat, it's just it grips you with his description of his home, with his description mm-hmm. of the Ramsey Rapist, of his brother, how heroic he was, and... It's just really fucking compelling, and right off the bat, I realized yeah. that this was gonna and be it's kind of really so. Cool. It's kind of the it 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 sets up the reason he wanted to go into the F, like the law enforcement as a, a thing. Now, like, had Stephen King broken into his you know home, <laughs> do you think he would have been on to become a great writer? I don't know, maybe, <laughs> yeah, because he's clearly That's, he's clearly got the talent for it. Um, yeah, yeah, he definitely I, does, and I love I love that the audio version of the book is narrated by him this is this unlike hillary clinton's book like listening to james comey read his book is unbelievably intriguing like which is, I, you, which is kind of funny you believe because it, he's the you believe every word yeah, yeah i mean he's the director of the fbi who was kind of like in his own words saying i stay out of everything i don't we're supposed to be in the background nonpartisan. that's what we do and then you have Hillary Clinton, who's like in the media focus entirely, and he just blows her away, both in narration and in content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he missed so his let's, in, insight. I mean, yeah, so he has more insight into politics than most politicians do. Yeah, now, right. see, that's where I thought that the first part of this book it reads almost like a crime novel. Like it's almost like a you go into the mystery with the did, Ramsey rapist, and then boom, dude, you're now, in, Mitch did. Good. Yeah, did it seem to you like he was writing his autobiography a long time ago, and then the Trump thing just kind of was like he, oh, that's the perfect ending. I'll, yeah, I'll publish it now. It seems because yeah, like, it seems like so little of it this. is about Trump. Yeah, it seemed like he knew that he was going to be writing about the Ramsey rapist as soon as that shit went down, 
And then especially so when he starts talking yeah. about the uh, the mafia. Go ahead. Let's let's go through the highlights from because the way I want to do this, especially because of the the format of our of our show, um, mm-hmm. I would like to get heavy spoilers if you haven't noticed. To, by the way, I uh, <laughs> I, w- I would yeah no shit. I way, would like to get way to tell people when it's important. Yeah, I would like to get each of your perspectives and, or your highlights and lowlights of the book. Okay. separately so that so that because Mitch you're admittedly uh, a more conservative or republican thinker uh Frank you are the opposite of that you would call yourself a liberal independent probably um and I just call myself independent as fuck so um, I just call you both I'm wrong go- <laughs> I know <laughs> I love I know. how you I love how you label me and then just steamroll past it uh, so I can't oh, yeah. like, argue or correct you like oh yeah I agree now <laughs> rise above the label <laughs> right. Rise above. So, so let me. So, I'll pass it off to Mitch first. Actually, since I steam steamrolled Frank, I'll pass it off to Frank first. <laughs> what are what are your highlights and lowlights of this book? How did like the way that you, the way that you took this all in? How like what? How did this book go for you? I know obviously we've we've kind of glossed over it, but specific instances yeah. in the book, specific I... stories. Go ahead. I really loved it, and like Mitch said, it starts off with a bang. It starts off with like this incredibly personal story that sets up his entire career and really and shows what his he, you know cowardice. his life purpose. And I think that was yeah. important. Well, yeah, and he even admits to that. It's a, yeah, a lot of the book is him admitting to his own faults. Well, I think that that helps stuff drive his his character development. He very much is a character of this book, and to show like this is where I started. Yeah. These are the examples that were set for me which set me down the path that led to my decisions. I don't want to take your spot there, but that, that's yeah. something that... Oh, no, not at all. Really, like, I totally agree. Yeah, really and then even even later on, dealing with the mafia, you know, like you said in the next uh, the chapter, all about him, you know, dealing with... Uh, is it Lacosa? How do you Lacosa pronounce Nostra. that? Do you remember the term they yep. used? Yes, this thing of ours. Yep. Like, even dealing with that, like, like I, it all paints this narrative that is building towards this climax of dealing with these Trump are names eventually. That, My favorite parts of the... Yeah, these are names that I've that? known about. Like, I'm a big Sopranos guy. I like gangster movies and all that. Yeah. Lucky Luciano and all that shit. I'm just like, holy shit, dude. Like, he was with these dudes? He's eating his pasta? <laughs> like... Dude, that's my... Not only that, but, like... I swear to God, that's my favorite line of the book. That is so far where I'm at in the book, which is about halfway. Um, I that is my favorite line in the entire thing. That w- because he talks about you know when they're doing this investigation of the mafia, they they go to Italy and they're sitting down with like the head of the Italian mafia, um, and he he says that he, I I'm gonna paraphrase this quote here, but he says basically that evil has an ordinary face. It laughs, it cries, it gets frustrated, and it makes good pasta. And I just think like as a writer, <laughs> that's such a brilliant like that's such a good way to write that line. And I know. And really, everything. Enough, he's a lot of great because I was listening. He's a lot of great lines like that. He does. That's still at my one favorite. point. He uh he. Yeah, he he compares um he, he talks about the reservoir of trust the FBI has built up as a public institution and how a reservoir is something that has to be added to it can only be built up over a great time and effort, but mm-hmm. it can be drained with a single leak or a single fault. Right. And I thought that was like a perfect analogy to the not only that institution but any institution that we rely on or give, you know, right that we respect. 
Like the dude, like you can, I, I would have loved to have seen one of his speeches live to like to the new recruits because the way he like, it seems like a very movie moment. Yeah, he where does. Where guys gives like a poignant speech that exactly like clears, like lays out a linear path for all the new recruits to follow. Yeah, except for that last one that was described very awkwardly. <laughs> where he's just like, yeah. are Yo, they yes. joking with me? His, like, what his... fuck, man. Like, <laughs> kind of harsh. I will say, yeah, he really. I will say yeah, too, to your to your earlier point, Mitch. Though the way that he kind of like because he has the author's note in the beginning of the book, and you know you said that like in in that that's where he talks about like he tries to stay out of things and he tries to not be political, and that's kind of the comparison that we made between him and Hillary Clinton. But what I like about that author's note too is that he very he very much admits that like i'm a flawed person i've made mistakes i like yeah you know, i, and he, and I he do specifically things... points out his ego he says i have a right. big ego and i that's something i've had to try to keep in check and right I, I i do think that things like that do play into his decision to hand over the memos instead of you know doing it himself mm-hmm. leaking it the way that he did i or the way that he responds to some people, like whenever he responded back to Trump, when it was like, you know, oh, we've got video recordings. Oh, really? <laughs> like right. him wanting to yeah. respond. And he does a good job of demonstrating throughout the book without making it sound like he's, you know, the greatest person ever saying, I, you know, I, I did demonstrate restraint often. There were some times where I couldn't. And I knew yeah. Yes. Like one was when he was calling up to um, the George W. Bush's chief of staff and saying, I will not meet with you given what I've just seen in private. Like you were going and doing that where he was like, you know, I decided to be nasty to him. And the guy comes out and was like, I've reviewed these laws and, you know, I think they're great. And he was like, well, no good lawyer would have reviewed it. So he's got that streak to him. He can give it back. He's not always doing right. the right thing. But he admits it <laughs> and he says like, yeah. hey. You know, I'm not perfect. Uh, and th- yeah. I thought those were the parts of the book that, that really worked to me. I'll, I'll let Frank finish up if you got anything more to add on your part. The only thing, like, I agreed with most of what he said. Like, I, I like Comey as a person. I find him endlessly fascinating, but I mm-hmm. don't agree with him 100%. Right. Uh, he talks about um, disagreeing with Obama. Obama talks to him about the problem with a mass incarceration among our black citizens mm-hmm. and Comey kind of essentially just writes it off he says there's nothing mass about it he doesn't like that term because it implies it all happens overnight like right like you know the rounding up of the holocaust i disagree with that i think mass just a, just refers to a mass number of people that you know yeah in this case are a statistical anomaly see i did agree so with, I, like, with i think he's sometimes uh description there yeah he... which because he's very much a like he almost like paints a very like sympathetic portrait to the protesters at some points, yeah. and then he has a very hardline stance against like did, times like that. Did anyone else that I did disagree with him? Could on. anyone else just like picture the boner that he had any time he was talking about Obama? Because he just <laughs> yes. oh yeah, he was just like the only person he that got like overwhelming praise. He was in like the book he just listens. He just listens so good. He's such a good listener. <laughs> it sounded like they were on a date. Like like. Oh my god! I met this guy and he was so wonderful. I just can't believe it. Yeah, he like really, um, really went okay. out of his way to gush about Obama the, whenever he brought him up. Every time, the opposite, the, the 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 exact opposite of that. The chapter where he talks about um, the son he had who died. Yeah, 
is heartbreaking. That is, dude. Yeah, that that's is, like I think that's like chapter four or something like that, which is just yeah. insane. Yeah, I told Brandon as a new father, I I came, I told Brandon, I was like, yeah, as a new father, you're gonna want to skip chapter four, dude. I you, I don't think you want to read that. I stoically stood in my kitchen with tears streaming down my face and was just like, God damn it, James Comey, I'm not. I'm, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what's worse. Listening to the audiobook because he reads it himself and he's still getting choked up yeah. after, you know, it's, I don't know how, I think 20 years. Yeah. It's just, um, I know his daughters are married now. So, yeah. And they were, I think, seven and, yeah, seven and eight whenever uh, it happened. But I think five, that's five what, and seven because he had, he had explained to them what was happening, which is like makes it harder. Yeah. Well, well and and I think that that these stories that that you guys are talking about the Obama years and the Bush years and his personal stories about the Ramsey rapists and the Martha it, Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Right. What What's great? Let's, let's what's, not forget he arrested Martha Stewart. Yeah. What, that's like his first. What I think story. is what I, what I think is great and unfortunate about this book is a that this is the story of his life and and. B, that the media is only focusing on those two damn Trump chapters. And so, like, yeah. it makes it so everybody thinks that this book is about Trump and it's like, and it's a tell it's really all not. about him getting fired, but it's really not. So, now, I want to give Mitch the floor for a second and tell me your, your highlights and lowlights, and, and then we'll kind of, um, after we get through that, you know, we'll discuss and then I want to kind of get your your opinions on James Comey overall, because I feel yeah. like for the three of us, um, we probably have had some changes in the way that we think about James Comey, as opposed to how we've talked about him for the year and a half that we've been doing the show. So, right, because we've been kind right. of outside of his we've only had the sound bites to go off. Right. And yeah. so changes and the things. testimony. And as yeah. he puts it, our teams. I mean, we obviously do have teams that we, you know, subscribe yeah. to. And that's kind of a big thing in the book. So when I look at the book as a whole, I think that uh, what really worked is the the anything that involves his life. I think that that was compelling. I think that it was well written. And I think that that was something that I want to learn more about. I think where the book right. starts to falter, at least for me was when he gets into his job <laughs> at the state. Like, that's when it starts to get a little boring to me. Like, hearing him fight with... See, um, I actually... With, uh... Yeah, I found that to be as interesting, but I found the Trump stuff to be the least interesting part. Yeah, I think it's because the we, part the media we have covered it so much, and it's nothing new. I mean, it, now, to, right. to, to, to kind of, you know, when people say, oh, this book's about Trump, it really isn't, except for those last two chapters, but it kind of is. Because there's themes throughout the whole yes. thing that, that he yeah I, yeah the he, the theme of the bully exactly that he that uses the theme the of I, we don't do loyalty the theme of we don't pick sides we keep things separate so there's all I these mean even themes even he builds up e on even when he starts the book talking about the or well not he it's not the first chapter but it's the second and third and. Um, mm -hmm. when he's talking about the mafia and he's talking about mafia bosses, there are definitely some co correlations between Trump's personality and the yeah. way that he's describing no, he brings mafia it back bosses. 100% to it. He, he literally yeah. says, he I knows, felt like I was right back very with the deliberate. mob boss. Like, right. th yeah. that's what he says. So to me, like anything that involves him and his work as a lawyer working under Rudy Giuliani, extremely interesting, extremely compelling. The, the post 9-11 stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally awesome. And then once he starts button heads with uh, the Bush administration, it was still compelling because that's a that's a very interesting story. Um, and same thing with the Martha Stewart. I thought that was great. Uh, but then it, it, it 
kind of it didn't lose me but it wasn't as compelling it just became kind of a procedural where it was like this is what i did this is what i was doing well and and i think also with when when we get to that point that like it converges with the the story the media has been telling and the story we've been hearing for the last 15 years post 9-11 right when the three of us have been keeping up with politics yeah so everything before that was stuff that was still new to us yeah we knew all of that stuff we we knew about Martha Stewart. Like I didn't realize he, the role he had played in all these. I didn't realize how badly moments she over the herself. last fifteen years. Like he even says, like she could have just yes. fucking lied to us and been, or not even lied, just been like, "Oops, didn't know anything, sorry," and been done with it. But she was like, yeah. "I which is, didn't know anything," which is, and then went out of her way to obviously cover it up. <laughs> then, right. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite parts in the book. Comey talks about the fact that like how messed up is that that for white collar crime. They have to prove that the person knew what they were doing was illegal. Exactly. He says, you know, he he makes the point that if the FBI kicks in the hotel room and there's heroin on the table, everyone in that room gets arrested. Yeah. They don't have to prove that the people knew what it was. Exactly. You know, like ignorance of the law is not an excuse unless you're rich, and then it totally is an excuse. Right. And that's why, and that kind of directly led back into his reasoning with Hillary Clinton, where he was saying, you know, we had to treat it like she could go to jail if. There was if we could prove intent, but we couldn't. Um, that that part, everything with Hillary, I still think it's, I found I still think it's bullshit compelling. that the uh, he just he steamrolls over the fact that the FBI does not videotape or uh, record the audio of any uh, yeah uh, not investigation yeah questioning, um, which I think is they they just have someone take notes, which I think is. Kind of ridiculous in this stupid. day and age. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, totally. And he breezes over like it just like that's policy. That's policy. Exactly. Like, dude, that's a like that's a policy, policy based on the fact that it's easy to change it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no, that's we don't need that's... to actually get the exact word for word. It's like, isn't that the whole point of Bob Mueller and what yeah. he's trying to get Trump to sit down on, or even when he says about and whatever? Isn't that the whole point of the FBI? Yeah. Is like well, he irreversible even said proof. That, no, is like, it, isn't that the whole point? Proof? Isn't that the whole point of law enforcement? period like exactly they said that that's know, what they yeah. do they try to get they come in they they don't interview anyone until the very end because we want is we don't want them to know more than we do and the whole point of that is so that we know the facts we can ask them the question and then if they lie we can confront them well wouldn't you want the entire transcript like that's right. the whole point of like looking at emails and, emails are a digital transcript Right. What the fuck that's are you the doing? Biggest, yeah. that's and you think it would make it a lot easier when you when you finally say that person lied to be able to throw a tape or a yeah you know, that's, a that's MP3 why file the, down and be like here's the proof. And he mentions that about uh, Trump saying you know I hope there was tapes. And he's like this changes everything because if there were tapes, it's no longer my word against his. Now there is an actual transcript. It's like well, why aren't you doing that, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, that part was a little that, frustrating. Well, um, it did change my opinion though. Uh, which I didn't expect it to. Um, right, and, for, and that's kind of... In what, in what way? Uh, well, for Go a ahead. long time now, d- throughout the show, obviously people who have been actually listening to us throughout this whole you know 50 episodes know that I've repeatedly said that James Comey deserved to be fired. I no longer believe that. And I think that whenever I heard really? his... Yeah, when I heard his reasoning behind why he didn't... Uh, a, why he, uh, you know came to the conclusion that he did on the Hillary Clinton email scandals, just saying like, listen, she was negligent, but she didn't, she's kind of dumb when it comes to computers. She thought that because the secret service was in her house, her emails were protected. She didn't fucking know what she was doing. And that's the point. Like I'm supposed to be able, I have to prove that she meant to, to do it. 
And then whenever it came to, we intended this to be, because I had said, like, I want to know why he exonerated her before interviewing her. Well, it sounds like it's standard procedure that they draft these things. This is the way that it's going. So that answers my question. Uh, that was one of the big right. things that I had been worried or wondering and worried about. And why can't anyone answer this? Well, he's writing the fucking book. So apparently. one of the one of the biggest criticisms from the right uh, of James Comey and the Hillary Clinton um, investigation, not only is that that was drafted, but that they that you've heard people like not non journalists like Sean Hannity say that, like, what is what's the deal with like intent? Is that and. So is that a good point? I don't think that that, I personally don't think so, because to me, that's like involuntary manslaughter shouldn't be a thing then. Well, I didn't mean to. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. So is intent. So is intent to face the consequences of what you do, not just what you intend to do. Yeah. Is it a bad policy then to to have to? I think it's an unfair policy. I think that it, it affects like, again, like you said, with the people you know, busting you bust down the door and everyone's got cocaine around them. Well, I didn't intend to use it. I didn't intend to buy it. I don't know what that's doing there. It's not mine. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't fucking fly. But forever yeah. but for people in politics or, you know, white collar crime it does. And I just don't think it's very fair. Um right. it's not it's totally not fair. I agree. Yeah. yeah that that's kind of my take on it. And it should I mean the law should be if you bring I mean, because we've always heard that that's a, an old cliche in movies ignorance of the law is no excuse exactly judges will not you know apparently it is so it shouldn't <laughs> yeah it depends on the crime if apparently if it's like hard like yeah I, well i guess all laws are like hard to understand if they're written now, in like legalese the other thing that really really interested me is what he said about loretta lynch which i thought was fucking cryptic like right, and out, I, there so was... I have not, I've not gotten to that part yet, and so you'll have to, you'll have to explain that to us. Um, he goes into a part where he says that, listen, <laughs> you. there's things that I know that no one else knows on here yet. He was like, but in twenty to thirty years, we'll become declassified, and it might public knowledge, yeah, yeah, and it might look like she was playing a side. And he goes, I knew this information, which I can't tell you. And then she told me to discuss this as a matter, which disturbed me and led directly to his decision whenever he was giving his recommendation for uh, no charges to go around them and be like, I'm going to do this myself. I'm not going to let you know what I do. I'm going to tell you I've made my decision, but I'm not going to say it to you either one way or the other. Um it really doesn't look good for Loretta Lynch. I mean, I don't he doesn't go far enough as to say she was dirty. But he heavily implies it with a lot of the shit that he says, and yeah, it, it's weird. No, that's that's the impression I got too. That it was because he does harp on that quite a bit. He even says how like, back to that day surprised that, he was that, when she hugged because him. Because it did like, yeah, you know, yeah, oh yeah. When she's, I, th- I thought you could. You, it, okay, he is the, he is uh, the recipient of a lot of unwanted contact. He had her <laughs> hugging him unwanted, and then Trump like yeah, like with you know he the blocked quote that unquote one. kiss that comes up later. He's like I fucking tensed yeah. up like a linebacker. My like- <laughs> my absolutely my favorite moment is um, him confirming that he was indeed trying to blend into the curtain. I yeah, was just about oh, to bring that so up. Funny. The late night talk show host. God, that was so yeah. funny. Like. So, like, when it happened, I thought the Trevor Noah and Stephen Colbert, I thought they were just making a joke on the fact that he just, like, he was wearing the exact same color. 
I did not when when he started talking about it in the book, I genuinely like almost dropped my glass. Being like, I know oh, that was real. Well, he was he like, actually like purposely made his way to the curtains so he wouldn't be seen by Trump. See, he yeah, should have just he sh- he should have just pulled up Sean Spicer and jumped in the fucking bushes. Like <laughs> that, that's all he needed to do. <laughs> I'm jumping in the bushes. Well, he even goes on to say like it would have been the other room which oh, has red colors or the other room which had blue colors. This wouldn't have worked, but it was green and I was wearing green. Yeah. <laughs> It was so funny. I think it was was it the no? It was the it was the blue room. He yeah, was yeah, blue, that's right? it. It was blue room. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm yeah, wearing blue." Yeah, that's what it was. That was. It was so funny, and I love the fact that he says, you know, like because we talked about it because um, Trump singles him out, and uh, and what we thought at the time was that Trump had kissed him because that's the way the yeah. cameras were focused. Because he's kissed other people. But it turns he's out, kissed, I guess Trump uh, had whispered in his ear. Yeah, but he kissed fucking Mike Pence. He kissed um, who else did he? Fuck? He kissed a bunch of yeah. weird people. It's kind of goofy and weird, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he's some weird sexual things going on. The other, so then, obviously, <laughs> yeah, I know. So then it goes into my least, actually, my least favorite part of this book is the Trump segments, only because. Yeah, me too. I, I get it, and I totally understand it, but he says something before it, all it, to Obama. All it truly does is, it it just kind of expands on the uh, testimony he gave last year that we. That yeah, you but you really so get the, the sense that he. Even before Trump became involved, even before he was really president-elect or right after, James Comey didn't fucking like him. And that doesn't sit well with me because that's, he spends the that's entire hard book— Well, I know, but he spends the entire book talking about how he's spent his whole life trying to avoid partisanship and to avoid— and, you know, you just do the job. That's what it is. It doesn't matter which yeah. side. Now but he has that whole conversation I, with I did Obama, the- and he says— you know, uh, he even says I broke with my normal non-emotional self and said, like, I can't even believe what this fucking the next four years is going to bring or something like that. And Obama, to yeah. his credit, said See, he now, was stone face. He was like he didn't say one way or the other, like anything. Yeah. See, I I did. I did, I did get the feeling, though, that because like he he says that like I didn't like he didn't vote for Obama the first time. Yeah. And his daughter and his wife did. You know, they voted for uh, Hillary, the, you know, yeah. he's very open about that. But uh, I thought it was interesting. Like, I thought it was pretty genuine when he was talking about Obama because it seemed like he was actually like he didn't like the guy enough to vote for him, but he was kind of won over working with him. Yeah, and he I, said that he, in the. I, he, so he I've heard voters. that from. I've heard that from a lot of people that have worked with Barack Obama that like in person say whatever you want about his presidency and his press conferences and whether we can debate Mitch, whether he has swag or not, but he, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he like, does. I, I mean, Wait, I think I, I, get I, my swag. <laughs> I, I think I said it on, um, that's, on that's, an episode swag, man. <laughs> several months ago when I was talking to one of the former ambassadors, um, um, I I can't I probably shouldn't say where um but an ambassador a foreign ambassador to the United States who said that like this is how Barack Obama is in person and like it was basically the same thing like Obama tent I think won people over with his personality what no matter well, he's what charismatic wanted, and he's intelligent so that's right. that goes a long way especially when you're in a leadership position you want your right. guy to be charismatic yeah. and intelligent so then it so then by those by those um set of standards it would be easy to understand why somebody wouldn't like trump like because they're yeah. human and and he, again, has, he set up he the has whole those book. qualities he has them in a different way though yeah trump is smart but it's in a more like 
It's in a more he cunning, knows how to exploit someone's way. weaknesses. It's in a more I'm gonna fuck the yes, other guy. Yes, and, type and of way. you might you might describe it as a bully way. Yeah, but exactly. And again, he spent so but, much of the you know, book he, talking he about. He is smart to some degree. Yeah, and he and he's definitely charismatic to some degree. Exactly, because most people say when they meet Trump, like he was very gracious. Even Comey says like we had a very pleasant, you know, uh, dinner. Yeah, everything he's, was good. It, he can turn on the charm yeah. when he wants to. But I didn't like like um, where I really does diverged from the book and and it really came down to i respect comey i do now i have a different opinion of him than i did before reading the book which is why i try to get more conservatives and republicans to fucking read it like everyone is, that is on my Same side thing with democrats man yeah i know as but many democrats as i know that i'm sure hillary clinton it. did not read it <laughs> she fucking hates it <laughs> <laughs> It's it's outselling her book, I think. So she's yeah. probably pissed. She dedicated how it, many chapters? Has checked to on the numbers? Fuck James Comey. I don't know, like seven. Um, fuck. She she, she, had a she dedicated two for... chapters to what she ate in the morning. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah. she had a chapter for fuck everyone. Literally every chapter was this yeah. is why it wasn't my fault. This is why it wasn't my fault. Or just this weird anecdotes this... about her grandma. I was like, all right, what? But yeah, that's a di- that's a different yeah. book report on on there, but. Anyway, when I go back to where I kind of left from the book, it was in the last couple of pages, and he gets this idea, and he really he really hits home this higher loyalty uh, theme, which of course is the title of the book, and it's a great way to end the book if if that's how you're writing it. Uh, but I disagreed with him, and he went on to say that you know, listen, these little lies matter. I don't care that he did uh, the tax reform that's good, or I don't care that he's putting in justices uh, that I agree with, and I don't care that he's doing this for the country or that for the country. It's the little lies that mean more than anything else, and I disagree. I don't think so. I think that the country be. I think he's doing more for the country yeah. than he's harming it. So, and he thinks the opposite. And this is, and try and Comey says this at the beginning. He tells an anecdote about. Um, you know, he's a very tall man, and he lied to his colleagues when they asked him if he had played basketball yeah. in college. And he said yes. <clears throat> and then later up, he says he called them and told them that he didn't yeah. because it, it, was it matters. Him. He really presents himself as this, like, this man who's incapable of telling even a white lie. Yeah, he kind of comes off as a Boy Scout um, towards the end, which to me is just a little bit. I don't so, give a shit about. Yeah, I like, mean, as someone. I'd rather have an effective. As someone leader. who routinely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, as someone who routinely employs white lies, I don't think they necessarily lead to great evil. Yeah. Um, exactly. So. I, I, right. Just we'll ask. Get into, I think sometimes we'll, they're necessary. We'll get into evil. the white lies bit a little bit later in the show too, because that's going to get brought back up. But to me, he really drove that home that no, this departure from the norms. I don't care what the results are. This is the way things are done, and if you're not doing it in this normal way, that you are hurting the country. And I just fundamentally disagreed with him. I just thought, no, I I get you. I get where you're coming from. I understand your psyche. I understand your I, personal yes, story. And I, and I certainly— I just disagree. I certainly believe that he thinks he's right yeah. or that he's doing what's right. And we've said that before I, you know, in, I on the show. I trust that he thinks— even, yeah. Yeah, even before all this, we said, I, th- I really think that James Comey thinks he's doing the right things. But if his, if his goals were to, A, not influence the election, and B, instill—what uh, do you call it? confidence in the fbi he has failed those are the opposite of what ended yes. up happening well one of so, one of the most yes, interesting things so. too i think i said it i may have said it last week when frank and i did 
49. But what one of the most interesting questions that he has been asked on his little on his book tour that he's been doing in through the media, Jake Tapper. If you haven't watched this interview yet, like I expected CNN to just throw him a bunch of softballs, and Jake Tapper this is really an apple. did a good. Look at this apple. Right. He did he did a really good job of asking him some tough questions and one of the questions that he that he asked him was okay so the reason that you came out and you said that we're reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton a couple days or whatever before the election was so because you thought that she was going to become president so you didn't want to delegitimize her but by not telling Donald Trump and by not telling the country that the investigation into Russian collusion between the campaign or involving the campaign was going on didn't you kind of delegitimize him and I was like whoa is CNN like it's true are they are they making points for Donald Trump now? And but it's a good question. Like it, it is. It is yeah. a good and in the question. Book, he really and I pushes believe, it off onto and Obama. his answer. Yeah. Like he spends the yes. whole time saying, like, well, this partially is Obama. Obama and, yeah, it's like this is his deal. He decided not to go forward with it. Whatever. Blah blah blah. And yeah. it's like, nah, man. You're Which involved. and then we, I believe we knew that before. I believe or I believe Obama had come out and said that he had known about it before the American yeah. people, and that they had discussed whether coming out with it would be beneficial or, or whether it would just complete the task Russia set out to complete. Yeah. Um, I, I think he also, yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It's an interesting question. It is because it so, kind of like his whole, it, I, his whole reasoning behind why he, a sent the letter saying they were reopening in the investigation because they were. And he even says that Loretta well, Lynch brings up the fact that, you know, it's a good thing you came out and said it. It's a no win scenario, but how long do you think it would have taken until it leaked? Because it was going beyond just yeah. justice. It was hitting everyone. As soon as you asked for that well, warrant on Anthony Weiner's computer, more than journalists were going to find yeah. out. And it was just right. – and then they could have used yeah, it, it was a countdown. on the last and also, day of the election he, and just fucked everything up. Yep, absolutely. And I think he also had talked about the fa- – yeah. I think he would also talked about the fact that he was living in a world where he assumed that Hillary was going to win. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think he was – as much concerned about like how is this going to come off if Trump wins because at that point a lot of people were writing that off as an impossibility. Right. Although I will I will still say to, in my opinion my personal opinion that was the that was the game changer that was the Hillary moment. Clinton's personal opinion that was the moment I actually agree I think that she's right I think that you're right I think that that is right that that was the I moment. think it was the tipping point it was fucking palpable yeah. we, we, we all felt it like as soon as it came out it was yeah. boom game changer. That, that was I've said yeah. it. I've but I mean, said we thought that a million that times. That we thought the, it about the Billy Bush tape too, didn't we? Yeah, the Billy Bush tape had the same. Feel, yeah, yeah. And it didn't end up it being the thing that took it, him it down. It was Teflon yeah. Don. It just didn't stick. But but, but she's no, not Teflon the, Don. the the difference though, I think, between the Billy Bush tape and that moment was that the, to Mitch's point, we had seen. Teflon Don say things about the Khan family and say things about John McCain and say you He's know Mexican so, lawyer or that right, Mexican so, judge. Right, so grab him by the pussy just felt like another moment like that when we still thought that because of all of those things, Hillary had had the election by the balls. It was that moment, and I've said it a hundred times throughout the course of the show, it was that moment that I first went, holy fuck, what if this doesn't go the way that exactly. we've been saying it's going to go. And I think Plus, that I think that feeling was that intuition that, that this is the game changer. Like that is the moment that that stole the election it, for Donald it fucking Trump. Fucking was. It fucking was. Yeah. 
But also the narratives were different. So whenever thing the narrative against Trump was he's crass, he's crude, he's he's a womanizer, all those things, which are completely true. But the but when you prove that narrative, there's a ton of people who just don't fucking care. And right. the narrative against Hillary Clinton was she's corrupt. And when you add credence to that, eleven days or however many days before the election, it fucking yeah. The sticks. FBI comes out and reopens an investigation. Yeah. It looks like she's guilty. It looks like yep. she's corrupt. It totally no. It totally did lead to it. Like and <clears throat> it didn't lead to it. It was the again like the final like there was the turning point. It was that that yeah. statistical error that swayed it, is, it in his favor. It, it is the greatest irony of James Comey that he hates. Donald Trump so much that he thought it was wrapped up and, <laughs> and he, I, he swore the, the election that the like, man got elected. Yeah. yeah. So I mean we could debate about that and I know that there's people who have I've seen the the anti analytics they're like, no, he actually didn't and it was going this way and it was like, Yeah, I get it. But I felt it. I mean we fucking but, uh, all yeah. felt it. Absolutely. So all right, so and Mitch, you can't argue against a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mitch, you gave it an eight point five. What do you give it, Frank? I did. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably give it an eight out of 10. It's probably definitely the best political book I've read, like current political book that's come out of the Trump, uh, president. Well, yeah, yeah, it's no, it's those. been a lot of, movies. it's no fire and fury. So. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I, Cause I, that was 10 I out of 10. Include, I, yeah. I <laughs> include the, the Clinton book and you know, any book that talks mainly about that election as being in that. I didn't bracket. even read fire and fury. Clinton's book was it's, fucking three out of 10. You yeah, know, good, it, give yeah, her two yeah, for effort, that. and then one because some of it was. Interesting. I, I here's the thing: I give Clinton's book a one out of ten because I, I had anticipated reading it until I started reading it, and then I just stopped. <laughs> so, um, I don't need to read this. This one, you so far, nothing. so far, I can't rate it honestly because I haven't finished the book. But yeah, so because if I would have just done the first half, I would have gave it ten out of ten. I fucking loved. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's kind of where I yes, was. That's, I, I would have too, and I think the only. The only part where the book slipped for me was the ending a little bit. Exactly. Partially because the story is also not done. Exactly. So I think this is a book that if he writes a uh, if he writes a lengthy appendix, or you know, or a and uh, you know an afterward in fifteen twenty years or thirty years when the, when the Lynch stuff comes out, oh, I think yeah. then you're going to have a ten star you know a, a book that is you know going to be ageless. It's going to kind of sum up this era. Yeah. My interest, but is I fucking... think we're we're still waiting for that the other shoe yeah. to drop. We need we need a definite end. Sally Yates right. too. He he kind of impl- implements her in all of that too, where he was like they were acting weird, like they're making decisions that I would not have made yeah. and that I don't think they should have made. And obviously, we saw how emotional well, he, Sally Yates he, got. And you know, the second she could stand against him, yeah. she was like, "Nope, I say no." <laughs> <laughs> he was right. like, "I say you're fine." He talks about that with yeah, with he talks about that with the Trump campaign and with the DNC in somewhat about like, you know, as someone who's been in the FBI a long time, they're certainly acting as if they're guilty, you know, yeah. <laughs> while proclaiming their innocence. It's just that hunch, and that you can't. Yeah, it's not you know, it's not proof, but right. you know, as someone who's been a cop for that long, I, yeah. you kind of have to go with your gut. Yeah, there's a lot about so, this book I loved. I mean, that, that's just the bottom line. Not only is it quotable, think, but there's just yeah. so many fucking amazing insights into it. And again, it's got us asking questions. I'm going to be looking at Sally Yates and Loretta Lynch for a while and being like, "What the fuck yep. is there?" You know. So I think. Oh no, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll I think t- to sum we'll up, do, we'll do an append- We'll do a, like a companion in like 30 years to this episode. Oh, right. I hope so. To see what happens. And to like to sum the whole thing up, I think that if you respect our opinion on TDAP, which 
parentheses. You fucking should. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> see, we have differing I, opinions I there. I hate to tell you guys, but I... Yeah, I hate to tell you, but I barely respect both right. of your opinions. So. <laughs> but <laughs> but what, I will, communists. what I will say to the listener is don't <laughs> take our word for it. Read it. It's definitely worth reading. Um, it is. Whether you, Everything I is mean, worth reading. I honestly, once I started reading it, Mitch, I had a feeling that you that your opinion would change on James Comey from the way that we've talked yeah. from the way that we've all talked about him for the last year and a half. Like I really honestly, once I got into it was like, okay, well it's hard not to respect him, but don't take yeah. our word for I it. Listener still think he's go- the leaker. He went out and like went in I mean, depth he said about he why was. he's not the leaker. No, he was like, I, it wasn't leaking. It wasn't leaking. I was like, fuck, well, you, you're he, the leaker. Right. He. I mean, he did talk about <laughs> he did talk about that being declassified and whatever. But yeah. go go read it for yourself. It it's definitely worth it. And in between this segment and the segment thirty years from now, hopefully he'll just finish Game of Thrones. That's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> It was a historic handshake seen around the world this week. The leaders from North and South Korea agreeing to end their decades-long war. President Trump touting the summit as encouraging for the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. But is it the president's tough talk that led to a possible peace agreement? I spoke to the president this morning of South Korea. He gives us tremendous credit. President Trump touting his involvement in the historic end to the Korean War. So does President Trump deserve credit for this diplomatic achievement and perhaps eventually even the Nobel Peace Prize? Alrighty, now let's get into what we promised you last week. We actually talked a little bit about um, North Korea last week. And actually, Mitch, I did something that I don't typically like to do, and I quoted you while you weren't here to defend yourself. So, Oh, God. Um, well, I thought you were going thought... to say research. <laughs> <laughs> no, sh- shut the fuck up. Um, no, I uh... actually thought, I thought that you made a decent point last week about um, because I had asked you before Frank and I recorded the show that do you do you think that that is there a reason to trust or not? It wasn't. Is there a reason to trust Kim Jong Un? But it was. Um, it was more along the lines of why is he coming to the table now? And and your your thought or your response response to me if i'm paraphrasing it correctly you're not was that was that you know donald trump is as is is as crazy as this isn't what you said but it was basically he's acted as crazy as kim jong-un in a way that maybe kim jong-un has looked at him and been like oh fuck this guy's gonna blow me off the <laughs> map so maybe i should come to the table i think that's basically what no, your point was with no that's half the, my point um so you got okay. it fucking wrong, but <laughs> well, that's why I brought it up first, so that you could that you could defend yourself yeah. here and make your own point. So, so my thoughts on is Kim Jong Un trustworthy when it comes to uh, you know establishing peace and, and all of that? I think yes. My gut tells me yes, and my reasoning behind that is thus: I think that uh, the nukes were a means to an end. He. They really understood in Kim Jong-un over the rest of the Kim family that nukes equaled power. 
that they were not going to they were never going to be ushered into the UN and everything that they wanted for their nation unless they were going to be able to bully their way there. And Kim rightfully, Kim Jong-un rightfully saw that once he acquired these nukes, the game fucking changes. And not only when he acquires these nukes, but when he acquires the capability of nuking anyone at any time, game changer. Mm -hmm. And I think that couple that with the fact you might have seen him trying to get more shit out if it was Barack Obama, where Barack Obama would have been like, I just I'm not going to attack you. You know, I'm not going to attack you. The rest of the fucking world knows I'm not going to attack you. So I could see Kim Jong Un saying, like, I want this. I want that. And then I'll denuclearize and all that. But this is a means to an end for him. And it's working. Now he sees Trump and he goes, oh, fuck, dude, that guy might nuke me. <laughs> like, I'm going to just go ahead and be like, no, it's cool. Denuclearize, that's fine. But we're going to start breaking down the barriers here. You're going to include me in the UN. You're going to start treating us like a country, which, by the way, right. for the past you know 10 years, we've been crippling their country with sanctions. And not just us, the whole fucking world. Right. He very rightly understood that. Once you have the nukes, you got the power. And he knew that, he, like, I'm not going to stop because if I stop now, I'm still that dictator who's been starving my country. They're not going to respect me if I denuclearize now before he had those capabilities. So that was my point. My point is he's got what he wants. Now he is forcing his way to the table. And we don't want to get fucking nuked, so we're going to allow it. He doesn't want to get fucking nuked, so he's going to denuclearize because that's our position. Our position, or Donald so, Trump's position, rather, is you're getting rid of those nukes. So so basically, the story here, um, to back up Mitch's point, which is that basically now we're, we're seeing peace talks. We saw an end to the Korean War. They're no longer... Um, that's the, end I mean, spelled the, <laughs> fucking E-N-D, man. It's the end. They ended it, according to them. Right. Um, they're no longer blasting K-pop and propaganda at each other, so that's good. <laughs> um, and, but, Getting rid but of the weapons the on the border. Here's the deal. point that... Here's a point that I made to you when we were texting earlier in the week, and I'll say this to Frank, too, and you guys can both chime in on this and, and let me know how you feel about it. I don't trust Kim Jong-un, and I I understand your point, and I don't yeah. think that it's a horrible point, but you're talking about a dude who's historically crazy as fuck, a family that's historically crazy as fuck, and just because we've got our own crazy fuck running mm-hmm. the show over here... I don't know that I trust a guy who literally just grabbed that, like he grabbed onto this capability months ago. And now, I mean, if we're talking about things he did months ago, he also killed his own uncle. Right. Just like right. A year I don't ago. think he's That's, crazy though. Like you're saying he's crazy. I think he's brutal. I think there's a difference and I don't think that yeah. he's fucking, I, mean, I, think, I he's, think he's calculating and I think that he's willing to go to know, very man. scary these, depths. These, but these guys are these guys are the guys who like hit who played a game of golf and got twenty one holes in one. They might be a little <laughs> crazy. Um, I think they're a little you dictator, know, you know, dictatorial. I mean, uh, part of that might be him just like daring his own people, like call me out of my crazy and see yeah. if you don't end up on my. You know, you know the you know the you know the oranges. Though. The oranges are fake, dude. The fruit is fake. The oranges like, that's are all fake. I'm saying. So <laughs> you're just they don't know that. They only get their media <laughs> if you only get your media from state-run propaganda, you you believe what they're people believe that Putin 
like right. goes out and you know kills grizzlies with their shirt off because that's the Russian propaganda that they. I you know, believe that he goes media. out and kills grizzlies. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude. But we've already was, established that you're that a dude. Is scary. You're a Russian plant, Mitch. We know this. <laughs> that was not. That was not in. Putin. You that was not Putin. Out. That was Alex Jones. Don't fucking lie. Don't get it twisted. Um, Alex Jones killing <laughs> grizzlies in a lake of purity. I don't know. That's right. Anyway, um, all day. So here's the thing, though. I here's the thing that worries me about this. Donald Trump, for being a guy who had somebody else write a book called The Art of the Deal and then signing his name to it. Um, yeah, yeah. He doesn't see, he doesn't seem Ooh, that was be, the art of the deal, man. He fucking here's. He plays – the way that I described it to you, Mitch, was that he he's a guy who plays poker with his cards already on the table. You yeah. know that to please Donald Trump, that all you have to do is convince him that he has done something good. So if Kim Jong-un isn't crazy, like you're saying, if mm-hmm. Kim Jong-un is only brutal and isn't nuts, then it seems more like – it seems like an easier play after striving for the capability, the nuclear capability, and then getting your hands on it to just say, okay, like, we'll make these deals, and then put, but then still keep your finger hovering over that button. Like, right. Kim Jong-un doesn't strike me as the guy who Well, we as ran a, guy a whole segment over how many times they've promised to denuclearize. What was it, six? Was it six or seven? <laughs> like... They've said this before. I just think that they're they're telling the truth this time. And that's where, that's exactly where I'm at. I'm I'm like cautiously optimistic. It would be great if if we could like hey, let's not forget even if like even if they make peace in Korea and they like both sides get along. Let's not forget that North Korea is led by a man who like routinely kills people and has a you know dictator like grip. Yes. it's not going to be like sunshine anytime soon. So does right. the Chinese. But, so like, does the Russians. It, it, it would be the, great. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be yeah, all sunshine, I mean, it, but we work with them. Right. Yeah. I do it would think be, it would you know it'd be rolling back that doomsday clock. You know we've yeah. been how close did we get recently? We got the closest we've been since the Bay yeah. Of Kings, I thought I that was fucking stupid though. I didn't agree with that at all. It it probably was, but like you know, if you take any stock in that yeah. as a measurement, maybe we, you know, definitely this would be a rolling it back a few hours. They probably won't. I do though. think it's, Trump's still it, president. It's do, even closer. I do think that it's interesting <laughs> that they are that people are calling for Trump to get a Nobel Peace Prize out of this. A Moon because is that calling never, for him to yeah, do it. That, I, don't, I don't think I don't think you're right. I think he's got a very fucking good chance at it. Again, are you kidding Moon, me? He's Donald Trump. If, it doesn't matter. If it happens. It doesn't matter. Moon is calling for him to do it. And I think that if you are that, honestly, if you are looking at it objectively, which I, I know is a bit of a uh, fucking, you know, it's a wish list at this point, this time in, in age. But if you are looking at it objectively, there is a very strong case that you could argue that Donald Trump does deserve as well as Kim Jong-un and as well as uh, President Moon that they all deserve the peace prize for getting this accomplished. I and, I actually think if you're honestly, looking at it if you're looking if at this, it objectively that Moon and who is the China or the the leader of China Z uh, or uh uh what is it it's XI <laughs> like how do you say yeah. that Z 
Z- uh, I believe it's Zai. Zai is how I've heard it pronounced. I believe. Yeah, I don't know how you like, pronounce it. Let's, that's who let's he is. Let's keep let's keep <laughs> in mind that um, let's keep in mind that these are the guys who opened the talks with North Korea before Pompeo went over there on Easter. Yeah. These are the guys that brought armored trains into China. These are the guys that let's not pretend now they haven't been talking for years though. I mean, China has been not, dealing yeah, with them. True. They were seventy five percent of their economy. Now, if if this happens, like the best possible scenario uh, everyone gets along denuclearization i would not be opposed to them giving you know the four or five leaders of the you know the nations that helped do this yeah that's fine but i think it's still simple i think realistically the world hates donald trump there is no way i don't think the world hates donald trump as much as liberals want honestly they do do you think like okay if this happened and they gave it to kim jong-un for I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's going to happen. That, do you think people would seems, freak out? Uh, yes, I do. I think they'd probably be justified in freaking out. I do think that, um, you know, it's kind of like that serial killer who just decides, you know, one day, I guess I won't kill you, and he pats the baby on the head instead of punting it into the moon. Like, do we really give that guy an award? He didn't do it, but is it really right. get just kind of get rid of all the other people he killed? Uh, that'd be the harder one for I me. I mean, to some see. people would say that about Trump, about not the murder, but I'm about know, to say, like, I was like, that's a little just because fucking, he, I know they say it, but it's just because no, no, but I've heard that liberal argument of just because well, it happened under his watch didn't mean he did anything to help it. And, yeah, I know, think that those people are all right. Let yeah, let, those people are playing. I, with I the think facts. they're wrong. See the Obama I think, yeah, economy. I, I agree, but you know that is an argument, right? So yeah. I. I, I don't know. I like I honestly can't imagine. Maybe maybe you're right and maybe he does deserve it, but I still don't see it happening. Um I think it all depends on the objectivity of the Nobel Prize committee. And I do think I think there's a there's a plausible chance that he would win, the, especially with Moon's You want to talk about the object you want to talk about the objectivity of the very liberal if what you, you, what you talk saying? about the objectivity of the committee, they gave Barack Obama a a peace prize, essentially for being the first black president of the United no, States. No, right? they, they said it was for for creating, uh, fostering peace within the Middle East, which somehow Is he that did. What it was? That's what the official but he reason didn't. they gave it to him. <laughs> like the, but well, he I didn't. know he did. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> when did we get peace in the Middle East, guys? <laughs> right. Hey, I, I must have missed. Where's that, that peace? <laughs> yeah, well, that was the reason why because he made all these outreaches to the Muslim nations, and that was I supposed to be yeah. fostering peace. Of course, ISIS came after, so you know, oops. But you know. I guess I must have just caught the Sean Hannity Points. talking point. Yeah, my bad. But to be fair, yeah. we don't know what comes next Points with this trying. either. So I think that to sit there and go, yeah. well, we we it, shouldn't give it, it to him. It depends on it plays out. Hmm? No, but if this plays out like a hundred percent best case scenario, I I could totally see them doing it. I don't think it will. He's I already rising. A little too optimistic now. Trump's already uh, seeing the first I'm, bump. I'm more uh, he's 43 percent in some polls. Fake uh, polls. They're fake yeah, polls. This is aggregate. 42 is what the this, new Gallup has in mind. Yeah, this, and that's Gallup. Gallup has had him low for this whole time. Uh, if you look uh, at Real Clear Politics, which is the one I use, I think he's at um, 42.9, something like that. Um, yeah, I think uh, 538 has him at 41. And if you look at the – if you, if you pull it up, people at home – listening if you guys look at it which i'm sure you won't see it now because obviously this is days and days before you're listening to it but regardless if you looked at it right now you would see that he's having Don't a little spike magic so i think that this is actually i think people are, are taking notice again 
his poll numbers are rising. Yeah. There is a trend here. It is going well. Up. Yeah, when he when he when he tries to end longtime wars and he doesn't start pointless steel like trade wars, that's great. Like this is exactly what you expect to see. Now, like we're still talking about low four, like low forties. That's not great polling numbers. No, it's it's not great. No, but again, no. I and, I still add in at three percent, so I still have I have him personally at about forty five percent, which is not bad. Why at all. I don't understand yeah, why you're. I mean, it's still I, not bad. It's bad for a president I, in his first year. You guys can say make fun think, of it all you want. It works. I think at this point you're wrong for adding three percent because I think the the Trump people are loud. I don't think I, I still the, don't think so. It's not the Trump that people a... that, that I'm adding in. I'm adding in the the silent people who just don't think that he's evil and prefer him because they like the results. It's hard to get those yeah, people but... because, again, they might yeah. have liberal leanings, but they don't want to go against the crowd because the people who are around them are saying, no, you can't like him. You're not allowed to. If you even think that he's doing an okay job or if something about him isn't horrible, you're fucking horrible. And so they just don't say it. And again, mm-hmm. I think that that's a very palpable effect when it comes to the polling. And I was right the last time. I don't know if I'm right this time, but I'm still adding it because I still feel that way. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with it. But I mean, it's definitely it, it gets. Did more you guys read the poll ev- information ev- that I, I sent you on the uh, millennials? I don't know if you saw that, but millennials, yeah. uh, Democrats lead with millennials was 12 percent two years ago. It is gone. They are equal now, Republicans and uh, Democrats. And this isn't just one poll. This is aggregate polling. They are equally tied yeah, at 39%. It, it, they have really lost. Yeah, both Republicans and you, Democrats. Like Republicans. But what do you think that means yeah. going forward? Like, I think that they, if it you means were, that they need to – Democrats socialism. need a fucking message. You can't just irrationally hate Trump forever and expect to win. It's not going to happen. You've got to do something. Yeah. I don't know what you're for except for just and, hating Trump, and it, it's not going to work. Especially that's going not true. into a midterm that, like this. That's absolutely not like, true, though. You do know what they're for. You just don't like You know what, what Bernie for. Sanders is for. You don't know what the Democratic Party is for. How progressive yeah, are they going to go? They're, they're for they're, – that's exactly what they are for. They're for that pro, that progressive Are they? Uh, because it seems like they keep of, not going that uh, way. Uh, of anti-bigoted LGBT rights, what whatever, like they're for those social issues. That's their message. That's their platform. It's they're not selling it well at no, all. Not. But but that's what. But that yeah. is it what gets, they stand it's for. It's also it's not that that well, like that's great to be socially progressive, but it's not playing to the part the. No, the it's not. Where it's they, not playing for independence. Them. Again, just because 90% of Democrats say Democrats are doing a great fucking job doesn't mean that the rest of the independence, which you right. need. I, I completely agree with both of you on that. Like, I don't think that I don't think that that's the message that they need to win. But that, right. but to say that they don't it's have a message, I think, it. is incorrect. They do have a message. We're just not buying it right now. Yeah. I think it's very hard, especially. I mean, how much of this too? Go ahead. How much of the, the millennial drop off is due to the fact that so many of them were Bernie fans that exactly. watched him essentially kind of get robbed of a nomination well, and got but, but then again, because the but, millennials are young. That you know, this is probably the first election besides Obama if they're yeah. old enough that they care. Millennials about. are getting older, and the older you get, typically you tend to go more conservative. Uh, Rutgers did a really, really great piece on this where they were interviewing a lot of these millennials who were like, "I voted for Hillary Clinton. I backed Bernie Sanders. Since then, I was for abortion rights. Now I have two kids, and I, I view the the issue differently." 
You know, there was a right. uh, one, but here's one the thing. guy who was from that, the city, and he was saying that, you know, listen, I'm watching all of my friends who we have been struggling this past years. We're all getting jobs now. He's like, I'm taking right. notice of it. But here's but here's the thing that you have to remember, too. That is a good point that that millennials are getting older. But that doesn't mean that there's not a there's not a new generation of Democratic voters. There is. So, yeah, but again, these are people who where times are very good for them. Like right now, again, it's very hard to argue that Trump's doing everything wrong when everything's going right. Like you can argue he's a dick. And that's, I don't know that everything's going right, though. Just be like if I mean, as I look around, at least in my personal life, I still know a lot of people who don't have a job or if they have a job it's not they're not making you know, like the fact that like okay if you go back to 1993 to send your kid to Yale cost $23,000 I don't know what it costs today but I know it's a lot more than $23,000 yeah I don't know how to break this to you like, but the like, uh, fucking higher prices, education's a liberal establishment so they're the ones that are charging you way I, more I'm money. not saying yeah I'm not <laughs> saying that's the problem I'm saying the problem is that while people might have a better job or they might be making more money they're, they're not being able to afford the things they used to be able to afford I know a lot of that's a higher, people my age that are millennials that, that don't have a house yeah and again right, that, what happened know, that's not that's normal a higher that's well, a higher problem and again the way that you Frank, fix it is we're on that track to fix it and the way you do that is you have full employment and raise wages once wages oh rise, i thought i thought it was just put 30 extra dollars in your pocket per check ha 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 yeah i get it but, <laughs> but unless you're marco rubio and it's just like nothing nothing's working everything's bad I don't know what the fuck he was talking about for this past week what are you doing marco i don't know if you saw that but he came out and was just like the tax plan didn't yes. help anyone uh he's He's the ultimate like flip flop. Like he hated Trump, and then he sucked up to Trump after Trump won, yeah. and now he's against Trump. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And to be fair, I didn't read into his comments because I looked at it and said that's fucking stupid. So he could have a point. <laughs> I don't know what but it I is. Do think, I've, I've I said do that think... every time I've ever heard Marco Rubio speak. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I liked Rubio during the campaign. I like, really liked what's... Rubio. I donated to his campaign, yeah. and like I really oh. fucking wanted him to win. I the only reason that I didn't vote for him in the primary is because the because at the point where Missouri got to vote the writing was already on the wall and case in point the day of our primary after I voted for John Kasich because I had no other fucking option other than John Kasich, Ted Bullshit. Cruz, and Donald Trump. You wanted Trump. to have that fucking snowball fight. We all know it. Marco Rubio <laughs> dropped out the day of our primary. So there, yeah, he did. So, you know, there was no, but I did like him. I would have voted for him for president over Hillary Clinton. But yeah, I agree with both of you that since the since the campaign, he is like I don't know what the fuck he stands for. But another point that I would make about millennials dropping off, it, it I don't think that it's a, I think that they can make up those points with a couple of things. And I think if they get somebody else like Bernie Sanders that they can all get behind, remember You've got four I, months, like, buddy. I've said it four months for what we've got four months for four the months fucking... until it's time to like it's go time. You've got four months to get a message and then it's two months to fucking get it done. No, I, I disagree with you here. Here's the thing. Here's the message for the midterm. The message for the midterm is we can impeach Trump if we take Congress back. And I think that is enough for Democrats. There are enough so. people that that's enough that, for Democrats. That, I don't think that's enough for independents. And you're not winning with just Democrats. You have got to pull independents. Right. But but let's keep in mind, too, man, that we know that the the party in power their constituents are fucking lazy always mm-hmm. we always see this that's true they're comfortable they go what go read a fox news thread on like oh trump's gonna <laughs> win oh the republicans are gonna win what republicans they're all fucking retired like are you are you kidding <laughs> I, me i will tell you so this, also uh, i go ahead that 
that Trump's going to win mentality is not good for, like, if you think your person isn't going to win, that I think might motivate you to go out and vote Absolutely. a little more. Absolutely. Like, well, that's why I think this new wave might be a backfire. landslide. Because I mean, right now everyone's talking about yeah, how they're, the Democrats are going to dominate. Not only are they going to dominate, they're going to. That's true. I mean, it is going both ways. It's so, going to landslide. I, mean, I, I agree they with might you. Cancel each other out in this. I think and, it's going to be hard to get. I think it's going to be hard to keep left-leaning people home. Yeah, this was supposed to be about North Korea. It ended up being about the midterms, which is awesome. Ah, but, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you brought up millennials. I know. You old man. You, you did. <laughs> that was some shocking data. Like, I, I saw the headline, and normally I'm like, all right, they're bullshitting, and it's going to be like, I think the headline was, Democrats slip with millennials. I was like, all right, it's going to be like two points. No, it was 12 fucking points to where it's tied even with Republicans. That's fucked. Like, I know millennials. I did not expect that at all. That's weird. But you also know you also know that the Republican Party, especially with all of these all of these guys that are that are dropping out, that are that are retiring, they're the Republican Party, while the, and I get it, the Democrats are the same. They've got the they've got the Elizabeth Warren wing of yeah. the Democrats, but you know what doesn't look as good as the Elizabeth Warren wing of the Democratic Party? The Roy Moore wing of the Republican Party, and that's what they do. Josh Hawley is gonna fucking lose in Missouri now because he's gone against rapist fucking Eric Greitens. Like <laughs> there, you know, there's fucking. I, I just don't I don't see it. And I also see First off, you com- don't know that complacency. No, not yet. But like come on, the writing's on the wall. We'll figure Again. this out in a couple of months. No, James Comey has inspired me. I'm not gonna make any anything until the the facts come in. But no, that, that's that's not entirely true. I'm pretty sure he's a rapist. But however, getting away <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> getting away from this dude. The White House Correspondents Association says critics of Saturday night's annual gala have a right to be upset. The group says comedian Michelle Wolf's routine was not in the spirit of its mission. Wolf made fun of the president and the media, but some argue her jokes about White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders went too far. In a tweet this morning, President Trump wrote, The White House Correspondents Dinner is dead and went on to call the event a total disaster and an embarrassment. It's 2018, and I am a woman, so you cannot shut me up. Unless you have Michael Cohen wire me $130,000. Michelle Wolf didn't pull any punches during her 19-minute routine. Her toughest jab seemed to aim at White House staffers, including Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I actually really like Sarah. I think she's very resourceful. Like, she burns facts. And then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. Some female journalists said Wolf unfairly criticized Sanders' physical appearance, calling the routine deplorable. What does Robert Mueller want to ask President Trump? Well, dozens of questions are now out in the public for the world to see. Questions that were reportedly read to the president's legal team in March that leaked to the media. The president calls the leaks disgraceful in a tweet. All righty, now let's get into the rest of the week. We got, uh, got a few more stories I want to get through. Um, Correspondence so dinner. I guess we'll, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll go into that now um, because that was. Because that's that like was, the biggest story right now. Yeah, it is. So um, 
obviously Michelle Wolf was the headline comedian for the correspondence dinner this year. Most people know this story by now. If not, the sound bites should have summed it up pretty well for you. But yeah, she she it was an unconventional um, act to say the least. Um, but it and it's garnered a lot of controversy. The the right. And even to some extent, the left is really pulling from the the Sarah Sanders, the attack on Sarah Sanders in her uh, in her bit. So, um, mm-hmm. but before we yeah, get weren't we into... just talking about how Democrats were alienating people? <laughs> yeah, tough shit. But let's let's before we get into the specific content of her bit, what did you what did you guys think about the bit overall? If you take the whole like sixteen, seventeen, twenty minutes, whatever it was, like yeah, it was twenty minutes, uh, uh, hilarious. Uh, I thought it was yeah, funny as fuck. I, I agree. That's what I thought I too. Thought it was, I think she is hilarious. I've been a big fan of hers. And I thought I thought her delivery was a little flat in probably five or six jokes. I think she stumbled yeah. on them. Which again, I'm a big. No one knows this because how the fuck could you? At least I hope not. I'm a big stand-up comic fan. I watch every stand-up comedian on Netflix. I fucking love that shit. And especially yeah, the cruder, right the better. That's my humor. Exactly. Yeah. I love that shit. So, to me, it was fucking hilarious. Right. Now, I, now I didn't think it was back. that... I didn't think it was that explosive. I watched it, and I thought, oh, that was cute, and that was funny. Ooh. Like, I thought it was really see, good. Did. And then, like, the next like, day, I, I see all back, these articles... And I'm like, what was so wrong yeah. about that? Like, didn't because Stephen it's Colbert not do this a in Netflix 2006? special. No, he didn't. Like, it wasn't that bad. Like, she went where, and again, I'm used to it because I watched that shit. They are not used to it. And like, when I but stood they, back and looked at it objectively, I was like, dude. Have- they have turned the correspondence dinner like the correspondence dinner now has like a red carpet. It's like basically the East Coast Oscars, right? So right, which is why the, they're saying like, hey, maybe we should back, we should not do this, right? <laughs> I feel, I feel like they, the media, who, and I think you made a good point to me earlier in the week, Mitch, that like mm-hmm. they they take themselves seriously, but this is like a moment where. They try to not take themselves seriously. They like the whole feel of the night is, oh, we're gonna yeah. laugh about this and whatever. I do also think though that like one but of her they jokes weren't. No, go ahead. And, and, but one of her I jokes would... that she made, which I think was, you know, I'm gonna piss off half of the listeners now. Um, but like I think it's evident that Donald Trump is a pussy. The difference between <laughs> the the difference between how this normally goes and how it goes under Donald Trump's presidency is Donald Trump doesn't show up. Normally the president shows up and takes jabs at all of these people, including the comedian and all of this stuff too. Well, I think when that's he, where your, your well, point when falls he doesn't, flat, when he doesn't show up to do it, then it just seems like everybody's being picked on. So stop being a pussy. Don't go have a fucking, no. uh, a rally in Michigan. And because all you're doing, the only people that showed up to that fucking rally were people who are drinking, the kool-aid anyway so you know like show the fuck up and show me that you can dish that you can take it as well as you can dish it out because she didn't say anything any worse than things that he has said period no she didn't and i i hear that argument and for the life of me i don't fucking get it and i'll tell you i'll make two points to why i think you're wrong and the main one, well, let's get right into that last comment first, though, because I keep seeing this with a lot of late night comedians and a lot of the left saying, 
she, you know, Donald Trump says these things. And so she says it and it's no big deal. The problem is, is that you have railed for two years about why Donald Trump is so horrible for saying these things. So to sit there and say he did it too is a five-year-old argument. They have, yeah. But the difference, and here's where I think, yes, there is. And here's where I think your argument falls flat. His job is to be the leader of the free world. Her job is to be a fucking comedian. That's the difference. That's fine. But again, if they're not laughing, then you're not doing your job right. Now, was I laughing? I was laughing. I was laughing. I was laughing. I was laughing. They weren't laughing. So again, it's just jokes about them. Like, are they? I mean, well, I guess they are supposed to laugh. I don't know. Well, that's kind of the point. It's a correspondence dinner. That's like being like, oh, I got to go speak at my daughter's, uh, you know, fucking assembly. But but I decided to do my comedy bit about pussies and shit. But if you remember, (laughs) like, like, (laughs) that's the wrong place to do it. Is it still funny? Yeah. Yeah. But if you go back to 2006. Bush did not look too pleased with what Stephen Colbert was saying about him. You know, let, there was a like, difference though, and and that's because to my next point is that you know you sit there and you say, oh well, they're supposed to take jabs at each other all night. These weren't jabs, and again, especially with the way that the media treats Trump now, they don't. It's not like, hey, I'm going to give you a hard time. Come here, you motherfucker. I'm going to give you a noogie. It's I fucking hate you. I think you're evil, and I hate you so fucking much that these are all the things I'm going to lay out. They weren't roasting him. Like, they fucking actually don't like him as a person, as a professional. They hate him. There's a difference. And so I think that when it comes to Donald Trump not showing up, of course you don't show up. I wouldn't show up when someone's going to be like, hey, I wish you and everyone you know was dead. (laughs) Like... No, I'm not showing up to that. And again, it yeah, comes down to that, she didn't say that, that main thing. She, like, she like, didn't, but you know that they she think that. that. Was you so know bad, they like, fucking hate him. Do you remember? No, no I don't like, think that she actually said anything that was that was terrible. The thing is that it was mean spirited, and that's the well, difference. Is before these, on, these jokes like, are picking on people, these were mean. That's okay, the difference. She got picked that, on, or she got a flack for picking on uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who sat a few feet away. But like, yeah, is, right. to my recollection, all that she said about her was, um, oh, what did she say about wanting to? She's she wanted uh, to br- what? I I actually thought it was a funny joke when she said, "I don't know what to call Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee, cousin Sanders." Uh, it was weird. What do, you, what do you call an Uncle Tom that for a white woman that disappoints other white women? I thought that, yeah. that was a that. You yeah, can say I don't that like the mean, Uncle Tom thing regardless. Fine joke. And then like the only other thing she said about her was uh the thing about uh, I think she's like resourceful. Smoky eye. Uh, she burns facts and then uses that to uh, ash to create a perfect smoky eye. Maybe she's born with it, maybe it's lies, which isn't that cut yeah. right. It's just like we've been we've been making fun of her for being a liar for years. Like she didn't make fat jokes about her. She didn't do anything that, you know. No, she didn't. She did. Which, again, when you bring up the smoky eye, you bring and uh, to me I noticed that right off the bat because we've had that discussion where people have been really nasty to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. And I've said and I, that, that like, to me as was soon not, as those... Like, that's like, okay, that that's more of a Maybelline joke about you know, women. No, that's just but a, the whole point is that once they started right. attacking her for her looks, then she started putting on more of the makeup and doing I'm stuff gonna, to try it. You could I'm tell that tr- it affected her. And so it, you going, could tell that this joke affected her too. 
I'm going to triple down, though. I don't think... I think there's a double standard here that when we make fun of a woman's looks, it is worse than when we make fun of a man's look. It's worse than when we talk about small hands or his fucking stupid yeah. hair or Chris Christie being a beached whale with a sombrero. Like, the, this... <laughs> we talk about Again, these it things comes all back, the time. Again, it comes down to the people. So, uh, when it looks at... You look at Chris Christie, he's an asshole. So you can make fun of him. You look at Donald Trump. Look, he's an but when asshole. But look at Sarah Sanders. She is an asshole who does burn She's facts. She's not an asshole. She does. She lie. Yeah, but we've talked about that position every time. That everyone in that position lies. That's the job. You have your talking points, and you don't go off of them. So you should when, expect to be roasted for it. No, again, again, roasted is fine. But when it's mean spirited shit, like you, again, when it comes to the smoky eye thing, you could tell that she was really feeling insecure about the comments that people were making. So she started wearing more makeup, and then you brought it right the fuck back up, right in front of her, and you could tell she was uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that Democrats in the room were like, "You went too fucking far." You <laughs> okay, probably did. Like, to that <laughs> like, point, though, isn't Trump making fun of a handicapped reporter going way too far? Again, yes, but that shouldn't be your argument. He did it too. Is a fifth? Is a five? Well, no, my argument, argument is and she's a comedian, work. and comedians often make fun of the people. Like, but you can't if do that either. A comedian Again, show like they pick on people. But that's part of humor. At, at the yeah, end of the, at, it's people at the just end of the hiding day. behind the fact that they're trying to tell a joke, and then anytime people say, "Oh, well, Trump was trying to tell a joke," well, no, he's the president. He can't. But tell here's jokes. the here's the problem, Mitch. The hypocrisy in the outrage, and I agree that it's on both sides, right? Because liberals yeah. can't say. Oh, I'm outraged that Donald Trump said these things about the Khan family, but, but what Michelle Wolf said is fine. But at the same time, the conservatives who are like, oh, attacking her for her looks and all, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, well, obviously, Mika, don't Mika listen Brzezinski to conservative radio with her fucking stupid. bleeding from her facelift and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Like, th- this is fucking hypocrisy at it. It's glaring. All levels. It is at yeah. all levels. The, the problem is, is that both sides don't want to admit it. And I think that we're seeing a lot of resistance from the Democratic side saying, no, what we did was fine. And I don't think that it, it was. I think that if you look at it, take a step back and look at it, you can go, yeah, this is getting nasty. This is getting to the point where this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. And while I personally found but everything funny... you could funny, say that about the presidency we were, as well. So. Yes, we, you we can. We were saying that a exactly. year ago about Trump making fun of people. Like, Again, and that's fine, but then it goes like back to that... It comes back to that James Comey art because she's not getting anything done. That's the difference here. He's getting shit done. Is he a douchebag asshole that says horrible things? Yes. She's but not he paid also to get things possibly... done, though. She's only paid to roast people, which exactly. she, I would say she did. But that's where there's the difference. When people say, oh, you're just giving Trump a pass. It's like, no, he's the president, and he's getting shit done. So I don't give him a pass on anything that he says. But I still the, say everything the, he says is but, horrible, but, but man, you're just Frank, saying everything she says isn't horrible because, well, he no, says it too. No, That's a bad argument. He, no, here's the thing. They have different job descriptions. His job description is to get shit done. Her job description is to roast people, especially when she's invited to roast people. So they both <laughs> accomplished their job. People didn't like how she did it, and that's yeah. fine. I would say that that's th- not accomplishing your job. If your job is to be funny and everyone that we were supposed also, to be funny the for people, wasn't the people laughing. That are, the people that are saying that people weren't laughing, people were laughing in that room. Uh, Go watch when, it again because there's a lot of people in there, and there are I very saw, few laughs. I saw Don Lemon fucking busting his sides um yeah the fucking uh the apex of journalism today right <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> um 
I, but I'm telling you. Who that, just like, gets yeah, drunk on New Year's every fucking year. Hey, guys. People, <laughs> like, people aren't, people weren't laughing about the Sarah Sanders thing. I also, I, and I get that. wasn't that, the part that, I, that bothered me. It, it really, that one, again, to me, it just was the fact that it had gotten so far and that, well, I thought it was funny for like a late night comedy show. It wasn't a fucking late night comedy show. Would it, it have been? A, would it have been more appropriate if Donald Trump had showed up and got to do his bit? Um, I don't think so. I think it still would have come off as mean, and you know, I, we, don't, we don't need to see Donald Trump you, being mean any more than we already do. Like, but it just you know, would have come off but, as. But this you know, is had terrible. Donald Trump shown up, that would have been his act as well. Of course it would, but we've that's not good. So then maybe <laughs> like, then maybe don't be a pussy and show the fuck up. Like that's so that that's we can what, have more negativity, that's your argument? My argument is she got hired Donald to do Trump a, did it. No, my argument is she got hired to do a job. <laughs> and the thing that I think irritates me the most about the way that this the, the the thing the part of the story that bothers me the most is the way that the 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 committee, the president of the correspondence dinner came out and threw her under the bus. Like they didn't know what her jokes were going to be a, maybe they didn't ask her, but they definitely, but they definitely, she even said when she made the pussy joke, you guys should have probably researched me a little bit more. Her shit is available. They knew what they were getting when they asked her to be there. So I think I honestly don't think think they do. Cause she even says in her bit, she says, you know, I know you guys were expecting me to just roast Trump. I'm not going to do that. I know you guys were expecting me to talk a ton about Russia. I'm not going to do that. I think they signed her up thinking they were going to get what they wanted and she wasn't going to play their game. And so I think that's another reason why they're pissed at her also. It's because she might, I don't know if she did or she didn't, but she probably sold herself as, yeah, sure, I'll fucking hit Donald Trump. No, I'm not. I'm just going to fucking say whatever I want and do my bit. And I don't think that that's what they wanted. I think they really wanted to hammer the fucking Russia thing because, of course, they are. They're the media and the Donald Trump thing. And she really didn't say much about Donald Trump, like, at all. So no, I I just don't think they got what they wanted. I was actually surprised. And I thought that her – that one of the jokes that I thought – because I agree with both of you that I also thought it was funny. But I thought – one of the jokes that fell the flattest for me was when she was doing the um, having the audience say like she was saying okay we're gonna do something new when I say uh, Donald Trump is broke you say how broke is he first of all that's a weird environment to play that kind of like the audience is gonna respond to me game it's a bad way to be like we're the unbiased media but we're gonna join in a chant that hates donald trump right (laughs) like but it's a bad fucking image but they also those were the worst jokes of the night for me because they were like they were all just put together weird i also thought where i can criticize her tastefulness in in these jokes is the southwest airlines joke i was like man that happened no one liked that one no, when she said, you know, they said, how broke is he? She said they used him for a, as a Southwest a Southwest Airlines engine. Like, dude, that story happened last week. Somebody died. People like, don't that... know, yeah, the engine broke and a woman was murdered because of it. So well, not, not I don't know murdered. if murder is the right term, <laughs> right. but yeah. <laughs> they knew engine, it. No, they that didn't. That engine didn't seek her out, um, but, <laughs> you know. Um, well, if it was Trump, oh, I don't know. 
No, but, but someone died, and it was too soon. And not only was it too soon, but that's just kind of a darker thing. Again, know yeah. your audience. Know where you're coming from. And I know she's doubled down on her position. I fucking was brilliant, and I, I stand by everything. But you got to know what you're doing. So, again, it, it I, seems kind of like one of those jump-on-the-grenade martyr moments where she didn't understand the audience. She should have known. She just did it to do it and was like, look how risque I am. And it's like... No, I do. Come I do off think she. Stupid. I do think she that she did put too many like shock moments in. Like I didn't have a problem with the majority of her jokes, but I thought her usage of the word "fuck" and "pussy" on live TV was like. You you're know on C-SPAN. You're not on HBO. Well, and not <laughs> like, not only was she on C-SPAN, but because of what the dinner was, she was on Fox. She was on CNN. She, well, she wasn't on Fox because yeah. they were doing the dumbass rally, but she was on CNN. She was on. Uh, abc and like yo this is going out to people's living rooms i like this isn't this i don't know do you know what time it was was it late in the evening or was I that think prime it was prime time, time. yeah I see so. like prime time. to me that to me that could have been that's why i had a big problem with uh when the grab by the pussy thing happened and they were like donald trump made us say it it's like bullshit i can't even watch the news because my kid's in the room right and i don't and like you're making the choice to do that so just say yeah. it like well he says it it's like that's not a good fucking excuse you're still making decisions you're that, an adult that yeah. too with the grandma by the pussy thing that was a weird the way that they handled that especially on cnn because i remember it that like half of the shows would play the comment and then they would say it and then the other half would like censor them out and i was like well what the fuck like one show's yeah. on at eight in the morning that's saying Same thing it with and the, then uh... the next one's on eight thirty, and it's censored and then at 10 it's their same pussy again like yeah. what right. is there any rhyme or it's... reason to this it was the same thing nope. with the uh, the Scaramucci Steve Bannon can suck his own dick comment like the right. some of them would exactly. censor the word suck some of them would leave it out some of them like yeah, right. like, some of them like is, and, I, some of them say the word cock. Maybe that's too much. Maybe they wouldn't. Have. You yeah. know what they're doing? They're doing it for maximum shock value. Be like, oh my Absolutely. god, look what he they, made me do! Like, yeah, they're, they're, like, Michelle, they're to go back to the Michelle Wu thing. I loved her fucking. They're, I loved her stand up set, and I was not offended by any of it. I'm a pretty hard person to offend anyway. I think, especially when it comes to yeah, comedy. I, I wasn't offended, but I understood why it was offensive, and I understood why it was inappropriate. Where So while I personally thought this was very funny, for the most part, there were some jokes that, that failed, and I thought her delivery she had was, some, was... She had some awesome jokes, though. Mike Pence is what happens when Anderson Cooper's not gay. That is that awesome. That was so funny. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. That <laughs> was so good. Um Dude, I cracked up and couldn't stop. That shit was hilarious. Yeah. But again, and that that joke's kind of okay. Like, that that's fine. But again, when you start throwing all the, the F-bombs and the P-bombs, and, and then just the fact that it was You don't mean. have to censor it here. People have to seek us out. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, again, the fact that it was, it wasn't poking fun. It was, I fucking hate you. I hate you, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, because you're a lying I did not get that bitch, feeling at all. I fucking... I, I, I totally that got that she feeling. She hates liars, but I never. She never thought she was being particularly. Nasty yeah, but that's that the her. problem. Is that they don't they they're doing the Comey thing where they don't differentiate between the white lies and the big lies, and they just say everyone's bad in that administration because they tell white lies. So fuck them. It's not regardless it's not of lies. the fact that like everyone in the Obama administration lies. gave white lies. Hers are not yeah, white th- lies, man. Like, the, and there's no way that she believes any of the shit that she says. So like, I'm th- sure she doesn't. I'm sure no one does. 
because she strikes But again, me as a we saw that during person. the Obama days when it was just like you know, you can look at him. What was it, Carney? Jay yeah. Carney was it? And yeah, it was like you can but tell again, he fucking hates his life because he knows he's lying. Right, and we shit on him for being a fucking liar. So yeah, well, again, you, I said and I said the same thing back then. I said I don't think that we need this position. I think that they should go away because. You're just basically sitting up there saying these yeah, lies. But, if you, but here's points. the reason we do need that position. Because, A, under under Obama, the, under any president, it's the only way to know what is going on in the administration. The difference between Jay Carney spinning the truth where you can see the fuck through it and, like, you know that it's, like, it's the story but with a little twist because, like, the difference is right. that you know that Sarah— spin. You know that Sarah Sanders, first of all, you know Donald Trump is fucking lying. And you know there's no way that she believes what she's saying. So it's different because when Jay Carney is spinning shit for Barack Obama, at least it's still semi the same story. What Sarah Sanders is doing is making up facts of her own. And <laughs> and it's not because she's making them up on her own. It's because she's drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. She got hired to do a job, and her job is to listen to the bullshit that comes out of our president's mouth and run with it. And so, But it doesn't right. feel the same as when Jay Carney did it, because at least the fucking story was semi the story under all Jay Carney. All you're changing is the frequency of the lie. That's all. And, it just so the happens thing, that Donald Trump lies more than Barack Obama. But every time Barack Obama lied, Jay Carney was there selling it just the that's same. That's fine. It but doesn't the matter because that's the, the position. The reason I think you don't take that position away is because that is our that is our only way of knowing what is kind of going on if you sift through the fucking lines in the administration. Because if not for Sarah Sanders, if not for Jay Carney, if not for Sean Spicer, the only narrative that we have from the White House is the bullshit tweets that come out on his fucking page. And <laughs> well, that normally is they don't not... have tweets. Normally they have press releases, uh, most presidents, before you know the Donald Trump age. So you still have ways of communicating. Yeah, the problem is if you want to ask about same... something that's not on that press release. That's that's the whole point of the press secretary is that you yeah, can and then again ask the, the whole problem with thing, you know with the Trump administration and whatnot is that they don't fucking give a shit about what you're saying. They're going to come in and Jim Acosta is going to have his own fucking agenda and he's going to come in and be a dick. And it's just everything is so toxic. And I think that well, that I mean, was the big Or you look what happened to about, Nikki Haley where, you know, she made us, you know, yes, we were going to do this. And then two hours later, Trump's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Like sometimes the staff just right. – honestly, they, I don't think they know half the time if what they're saying is even true or even still the position right. they're supposed to be taking. Exactly. So, again, I think that – A, I think the Correspondence Center could probably go bye-bye. I think the fucking um, – you know, the, the speech, the press you know secretary it, can probably go bye-bye. You know if it does, though, if the correspondent... I don't think the correspondence dinner will go away. I think it will be highly There's prominent revamped. Democrats that are saying, like, we don't need to do this anymore. I know, but I don't think it'll go away. I think what'll happen is next year, Jay Leno will be the fucking comedian. Because Jay Leno is a guy that will roast both sides, not just pick yeah. on one side. But And I, you don't, not even just roast, but poke fun. Like, it's supposed to be a, we're gonna get together and we're gonna like each other 
event. Like, it's not supposed to be, I, I get fucking that. hate you and want to kick your family in the testicles. Like, that's not what it's supposed to be, and that's I, what the media's been here I lately. I get that, but, but that's not what the presidency is supposed to be either, and that's what it is now. No, it's not. And so, so again, but it, it, you make it, you, it, again, you delude your own argument when you say, well, he's doing it. So at that point, it's like, well, everyone's doing it. I get it. And then he's got extra ammunition to be like, well, you know, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with your point. I think your point is right. I just think that for me personally, it was funny. I get why people are upset about the Sarah Sanders shit. I don't get and the the F bombs and the P bombs. But I don't get why the rest of the jokes are being looked at as a horrible thing that I thought that the, the majority of the 20 minutes was fine. I feel like. I don't even feel like most of the jokes were mean spirited. Like, yeah, she doesn't oh, like I, I Trump. I thought for sure they were. She doesn't like I didn't Trump either. But I that's not hard to like, fucking believe. Like, yeah. Yeah, but there's a I, difference. You, she doesn't just not like Trump. She hates Trump, and you can tell. Well, I mean, that there's how? a difference there. She didn't there say between... much about Trump. Yeah. No, but again, going from her background and everything like that, you you know that she hates so Trump. So like having... she, because she works for The Daily Show, she automatically hates Trump? That's like saying that because... Uh, no, because I've listened to her comments and she's been like, I fucking hate Trump. She, that's that, why I'm saying she hates Trump. She like, has said these things before, so... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to walk that back and be like, no, she didn't mean it, bud. She didn't uh, mean it. She forgot about that when she stood up there. Again, it's not – like, I I understand what you're saying. I don't think that the majority of the 20 minutes was bad. Well, I think there were some definitely and for questionable s- calls. But for yeah. someone who has exclaimed that she fucking hates Trump, she really didn't go after him as much as she could have because there's a, there was a no, lot she more ammunition that she could have unloaded, and she – I thought she was able to. Honestly, that bad. if she would have gone after Trump more, it would have been fine because Trump's a dick and everyone likes it when you go after the yeah, dick. Yeah, same with Chris so, Christie. So is Kellyanne Conway. So is Sarah Sanders. So is every fucking person. But that not has really. Been do they cam- spin? Do they do political spin? Yes, they do, but they're not actually assholes. Like, you don't see Kellyanne Conway or uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders coming up and being like, you're a fat piece of shit. Fuck you. They don't do that. Chris Christie does that. Fucking well, Rand Paul no, does your, that. Your definition Donald of Trump asshole does could that. be different. Someone who lies blatantly to your face could be someone's definition of an asshole. And that was asshole yeah, that's like someone. fine. But again, when you can look at both sides and say, you know, both these guys are assholes, but you're not making that distinction when you're going after people. You say, oh, no, everyone on that side's horrible because they lie. Everyone on this side's fine. Just look at Trevor Noya this week where he was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, she changed. No big deal. Looking at Joy, uh, what's her name? For those homo, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, for those homophobic remarks, it's like it's no big deal, whatever. Let's and then let's, looking at what, go ahead. Let's go into that story now because I actually had that written down. So, um, I'll let you tell the story and then we can kind of debate that as well. So I haven't actually seen the comments, but apparently these were comments that she had said before online yes. so or, she, or whatever. She used to have they a blog. were homophobic. So she used to have a blog, and she had made some homophobic comments in 2006, and then someone discovered them, and then I think in November or December of last year, she apologized, said that she had uh, right. grown up, changed her views. But now she's claiming that um, someone went on the Wayback Machine where they uh, essentially catalog old uh, web pages, and they found her old blog, mm-hmm. and they found all these other homophobic – I mean, she's talking about Brokeback Mountain had just come out, so – it's a lot of her questioning why anybody would want to see a movie about two gay guys and just really tone deaf stuff. But now she claims yeah. that it, that she didn't write these specific homophobic tweets that her 
blog or the Wayback <laughs> Machine was hacked and that she has the FBI investigating it now. So it, yeah. it's so just really weird. Basically, it is weird, and it doesn't make any sense. And, tre- and to Trevor Noah, uh, Noah, whatever the fuck his name is, Trevor to Noah. his credit, Trevor Noah, yeah, to his credit, he did kind of call her out for that part. He was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You got hacked? He's like, you already apologized. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was my I was point. Telling, I was, was like... I was telling, yeah, Brandon that, like, had she just said, like, yes, this is part of the, the earlier apology, I have grown up since then, uh, I don't, you know, if she just lumped it in with that, no, this would not be a story. But again, it's the fact that she's it's claiming the hypocrisy. that it was, it's yes. the hypocrisy that, that, okay, someone we like was terrible in the past, so, but they grew up. But anyone who says something we don't like, we need to ruin their life because there's no chance that they're going to change. Oh, see, we fucking I thought, hate them like, now. From the coverage I've seen, I've seen people going after Joy Reid very hard for what she. Oh I yeah, think and I'm glad. I'm Reed, glad. It's, right? it's the it's yeah. the establishment Republican, or I'm sorry, the establishment <laughs> Democrats and the uh, comedian and like the media type Democrats who are rallying to her side and just kind of brushing it off. Actual yeah. progressives are pissed. And yeah. I think rightly as you, so. As you should be and again, not. I think this is the Democratic Party alienating more people, and because you have, if you stand for not, ideals in these let's, absolutes, let's be fair too. She's not a representative of the Democratic Party. She's a fucking pundit. kind of. She's on she's MSNBC. A, she, right. She's a pundit on liberal trash media. Like she's not she's pretty, indicative. Yeah, but she's pretty important. Democratic That's like Party. saying. You know, Rush Limbaugh doesn't mean anything to the conservative movement. Yeah, he does. He's fucking but huge. Comparing, She's pretty huge, Comparing too. Joy Reid and her and her reach to Rush Limbaugh, or her at least her status, celebrity status, to Rush Limbaugh isn't yeah. fair either. Like, compare her to Alex well, Jones. Well, no one's as big as... Yeah, no one's as big as Rush Limbaugh because he's the fucking biggest, obviously. Right. Oh, we just said we just back. said no body shaming, man. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Buzzing. <laughs> See, that goes to further my point. You wouldn't have said it about Joy Reid, but she said it about Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> I know. See, God, double standards, double standards all, right. all around. No, but again, to me, it's just it's a it's bad narrative all the way around. Where it's, so, it looks like people just want to give everyone a pass, it, whether it comes down to Michelle Wolf or it comes yeah. down to Joy Reid. Well, where I don't Democrats think... right now are just saying, "Don't look over here, whatever," because Trump's thing, still terrible. The and great thing about this. Is that she? She started an FBI investigation. So if she is lying, th- there is no forgetting about this because that's a Martha Stewart oh, lying to the FBI crime. And right. yeah, you know, that's a- well, no, she cha- she's already changed her position. So at first she said I was hacked, and then she changed it to I believe I was hacked. Yeah, and then she changed it to Well, I had reason to believe I was hacked. So she's already changed it three times. Like, but you know, I, what I will, mean, it's, it's yeah, what it I is. Will- I will bite back a little bit on the don't look over here statement because I will tell you, the audience, do look over here at Michelle Wolf's at her bit at the Correspondence Center because, admittedly, by all three of us, it was funny. So it was don't, funny. Don't get your panties in a twist over the— Don't let anyone like, tell you how, to, how it makes you feel. If you think it was over the line, then whatever. You think it's over the line. I personally— didn't I didn't think it was anything terrible, but I did think it was inappropriate. But that's and just my fucking opinion. That's fair. And that's right. all yeah. it's made up of. It's just individual yeah. opinions. Yeah, that's fair. I like I get it, but I but I do think I, I think the biggest part of that story for me, again, I said it earlier, the, the biggest problem for me, and I know that we've gone back and forth on whether we're doing it in this conversation, but it's the it's the hypocrisy of 
the outrage. Like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be outraged when a comedian says something and not be outraged when the president that you voted for said it. Like, they do have different job descriptions, and one of them should be held to a higher standard than the other. So... You know? Yeah, but the problem, the problem I have, and the other thing that that really irritated me was the truth to power statement, which didn't make any fucking sense to me. They kept, I kept seeing a bunch of liberals coming out and saying she was speaking truth to power, and when, when did she say anything that was like she told jokes? Well, first when of did all, she that's say something a, that was truthful. That's a useless statement right. that means nothing. That that's like a, uh, that's such Isn't a. It's got a definition, like, buddy. Yeah, that mean, right here to address power. facts. It's been I'm around sorry. for a very long time, but it's uh, to address facts to the uh, to an authority or a superior. Which, first off, like not a superior authority, maybe, but by who? She wasn't even really talking about Trump. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, what did she say that was? What did she say that was that. truthful? I don't get it because they keep saying it. And like I saw I mean, Dave again, Chappelle come yeah. out and he was saying truth to power, and then so was Trevor Noah. She was saying truth to power. She said a lot of like, things that were truthful, like Sarah Huck- Sarah Huckabee burns facts. That's truthful. not really it depends on what you're looking at because again she sells some things that she says that are true they don't want to hear does she lie of course she does if she comes out and says he has the biggest uh obviously that was sean spicer but you know what i'm saying anytime he comes back up these little tiny lies yeah absolutely but is she lying about everything no Mm. she isn't there's some things that she disagree about she's not 100 percent just telling lies and so again it's just you haven't, I don't, watched, I don't get you haven't like, watched one of these briefings for a while, have you? I get the head, uh, the highlights because I see them every day. But you know, check that shit out. She's I don't a, know. She's a lion. Something. I'm sure she <laughs> is. But again, I remember she, whenever Jay Carney wow, was doing it, I was wow. like, he's lying. He's lying. He's lying. I'm not going to say that Jay Carney's a 100 <laughs> percent liar and all he does is lie, but he definitely lied. Right. <laughs> so, all right. You know. Well, let's move on from the correspondence dinner now. Um. One of the one of the newer stories that's in the news um, as of right now is the Mueller investigation's leaked list of I think I believe it's forty nine questions uh, for Donald Trump. Um, and Frank, do you have an article on that that goes through some of those? Don't read it. It was Comey. It, yeah. <laughs> d- no. So first, first of all. I'm not even talking about who leaked it yet, but what I'm, but what <laughs> yeah. irritates me is that Donald Trump, in the way that he does every fucking time any story comes out, is he starts to go on about, he starts to write his own narrative. None of these questions are about collusion. Actually, yes, there are. There's considerably a decent portion of these that are about collusion, and... So the idea that these 49 questions have nothing to do with what the investigation is about is bullshit. Um, There absolutely is like at least 10 questions that I read personally that are about collusion, asking him about the Trump Tower meeting, asking him about his uh, his trip to Russia in 2013. Those are all to figure out whether there or not there was collusion. So. This, I always thought that I don't think that's more clue. I think that's more obstruction of justice. Not a 2013 think, meeting in Russia. That's not about obstruction of justice. There is. Yeah, because if he lies, because they already concluded that she didn't have ties with Russia in that capacity, that she might have known a few Russian officials, but she wasn't under order, direct orders from Putin or anything. The, the idea behind that is obstruction of justice, because if he lied about it, then he's obstructing an investigation. 
that's what they're looking for here is obstruction. Well, and they very well may find it, but do you, do you have... Uh, but yeah, if you lied, <laughs> then you're going to have a Martha Stewart type situation where like you can't fucking do that. So what do you, you, know? what do you have over there, Frank? A few... A few of these questions. Um, I mean, I have all the questions. They they pretty much get lumped into uh, various categories. Uh, they one category is about Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor. Um, uh, another group of the questions relate to James Comey, and then is specifically the firing of James Comey. Um, that's a bulk of the questions are actually about that. Um, uh, Jeff Sessions uh, have uh, has quite a few uh, questions related to him. Um, the campaign coordination with Russia is another uh, huge segment. Uh, so they kind of bounce all over the place a little bit. But I mean, they, they kind of they hit on both themes of obstruction of justice, and I would think they also show a little bit of like them attempting to still prove collusion or at least I don't know prove it. But uh, it's more interesting to me like where these collusion. came from. <laughs> collusion. Um, <laughs> You said that, uh, what did you say, that Comey was the leaker, Mitch? So yes. you believe? I, yeah, I, here's, here's who I, He said now, it in his book, he was so like, P.S., I'm the leaker. I, yeah, I right. had read an interesting theory that this list is not probably from Mueller, it's probably from Trump's team who've drafted a list yeah. based on the talking, with Giuliani talking to Mueller, this is what they think the likely questions are. Yeah, because I would a, totally... a former lawyer... A former lawyer worked with Mueller said that this does not sound like a lawyer writing this. Like no, the way the questions I, are well, phrased, it sounds. To be more fair, like Giuliani a, is most certainly a lawyer. So uh, if he he's was the a one lawyer thirty it, years that ago. wouldn't make any sense. He was. I, I yeah, but like, I mean, shit, it's not like you forget that. What, shit. No, what his was totally, his argument would be that it, it it would be the aides who are compiling this from notes about totally Giuliani's meetings and stuff. Absolutely, bet that yeah. J that Jay Sekulow leaked this. Like the president's lawyer. I would, I would absolutely believe, I because then they can write their own narrative, which he does on Twitter every morning at five. Like he, like I don't see that this coming because, and I know that we can't just take people's words on it, Mitch. But like the fact of the matter is, we have not seen any leaks from the Mueller team at all. So there's historical reason to believe that this didn't come from somebody on the Mueller team. We've only Yeah, seen, I don't I don't care about the historical reason. I think the practical reason makes more sense because this wouldn't help uh this would help Donald Trump. Like if these questions leaked out and he already and he didn't know them already. Right. Like he would have just now he has a heads up going into any sort of uh, interview or even just written statements. But it doesn't matter because if you look at how the questions are written, if he lies, he's perjuring himself. And if he pleads the fifth, then he is going, then he can still be re-asked these questions by Congress and in an impeachment proceeding. So like pleading the fifth, he's not going to plead the fifth would not be smart. He should plead the fifth. But he's he sh- not going to do it. He should not plead the fifth because what he would be trying to do if he pled the fifth is he would be tr- he would be trying to get some form of immunity, and the special counsel is not going to fucking grant that. So the no, it's the same with Hillary Clinton. Like she pled the fifth because she didn't want to get she incriminated. Didn't, she did not incriminate plead herself. The fifth. She didn't remember that. Those are two different oh. things. She also she also <laughs> wasn't under oath. So there would be no reason for her to plead the fifth. He I will know, be under oath, which makes oath. perfect sense. Um, so, and the, and they're talking now the, the idea of Bob Mueller subpoenaing him, um, 
to answer these questions. If he pleads the fifth, A, he's guilty in the court of public opinion. We already fucking know that. And, right. you know, and the Democrats are going to run with that. And if we are wrong or right about whatever happens with Congress this year, pleading the fifth would be the stupidest fucking thing that he could do. I don't, I don't what they, being a good Would thing. you lose respect for uh, Mueller's investigation if they subpoenaed him to uh, testify like a month before the midterms? Would that be seen as political? Yeah, I think it would be seen as political, but I think everybody already has their sports team now. I wouldn't personally lose yeah. respect for him because I told you, and I've told you guys a hundred times on the show, that the what stuck with me about Bob Mueller is the way that both sides came out and said, if we were going to have anybody head, spearheading this investigation, this is the guy who has the most integrity. This is the guy. That's what they really meant before they picked their sports team. So, no, I don't, right. I don't believe it. I mean, you and I talked about it the other day on the phone, Mitch, that – you know, I said, well, what if they're just waiting for what if they're just waiting to see what happens in November? And if the Democrats take over, then Mueller brings that forth in itself is a political decision. And it the whole is. Point of but Comey's your book but, was but, to not be political. But your argument back to me was I don't see Bob Mueller being that guy. I think if he has it, he'll come out when mm-hmm. he has it. So I don't see Bob exactly. Mueller that's, making that's... these political moves. I could see the media. But what if he does? That's what I'm going down the hypothetical highway, I highway could, right now. Like, I could does see that it... change your opinion of the investigation? No. Because it's not something like the same thing where you're saying, like, it can't be Mueller's team because he just doesn't leak. What if it is? Does that change your opinion of it? No, if, like, it, if it if it is, the only way that my opinion changes is that I think he's dumb. All right, let's move into these last couple of things that I have for you. Um, just just a couple of quick stories. One of these that we talked about, it's probably been about a year, I think, ago, but it's uh, it's a local story. Um, remember in University City, which is just a smaller town in St. Louis. I live by there. Oh, what's that? I live right next to there. Yes, you do, actually. Um, <laughs> As do I. But, no, and so does Frank. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm in the burbs, homie. Um, yeah, you ain't cool. You ain't cool. But <laughs> anyway, there was a story a year ago about um, in there's this, so there's a Jewish cemetery down in University City, and um, about a year ago, uh, like 150 between 150 and 200 headstones got toppled. Um, and you know, it was a big story, even on national media, Mike Pence came to help with the cleanup and, uh, governor Eric Greitens was there. This was before he was raping people. Well, it was after, but it was before we knew about it. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so, you know, the thought was that this was an, this was a, an anti-Semitic happening that the you know it's a jewish and there's there's a very large jewish community down there in university city so to have a jewish cemetery defaced you would one would expect that that was the reason well it turns out that they've caught the guy now and who admitted to doing it because he was arrested for something else um an unrelated charge but the but and shit his name I don't have pulled up in front of me right now. Um, but the story is I'll link we'll link to it. The story is that basically a guy gets into an argument a, a resident in the area there gets into an argument with his buddy. They he was under the influence of some drugs and alcohol 
it was at like 2.30 in the morning and he gets kicked out of his car. Um, or maybe, don't quote me on the time, but it was in the middle of the night. So the passenger gets kicked out of the car. He's drunk, he's high, and he's pissed off. And he has to walk through the cemetery um, to get back home. And because he's mad at his friend for kicking him out of the car, he topples almost 200 headstones. Like, what the fuck? That... That is literally what happened. It's no show, like, has nothing to do with religion or ethnicity or anything like that. Just Um, idiocy. That's in, yeah. Yeah, right. They found out it was Barack Obama. They're just saving What's really upsetting, I'm not fooled. It seems like they only found out because the guy decided to tell them, which is like, uh, I really wish our, our, well, no. Was something else happened? Here's what, here's how they, he left, he left a jacket there in the, in the cemetery with oh. his DNA on it, and then he got picked, and then he got picked up for um, I can't remember if it was it was an unrelated charge. I don't want to throw shade at this guy; he's already dealing with like twenty five thousand dollar bond. Um, but <laughs> you know, he so basically that's what happened though. He left his jacket there. They had been trying to they'd been investigating this case since it happened, and in December because this happened in March of two thousand seventeen or February of 2017 when the headstones were toppled. Um, And in December of 2017, he was picked up on an unrelated charge and they basically, they matched his DNA to the DNA on the jacket. And they asked, they asked him about it. And that was the story he told. Yeah, I, I did do it because I was mad. I was drunk and I was high and I was pissed off at my friend for kicking me out of my car. So I took it out on. (laughs) So I I did like we, I did like we all do. And I committed a hate crime. Isn't that the standard reaction? Right, right. That's how we do it. Although, well, according to Facebook, everything that is how is we do it in right. Missouri because that's the, not an uncommon story for us. <laughs> I don't, I don't think this will qualify as a hate crime though, because the intent. I would hope had, not. It yeah. had nothing to do with any religious yes. affiliation or anything like that. It was just a dumb drunk guy doing dumb drunk guy shit. Like, right, but. You know, like, so I don't think he'll be charged, but he is being charged with a hefty vandalism fine. And like I said, you know, I think that his bond was at like 25,000 or something like that. I mean, how much damage Uh, did he cause? Whoa, hashtag free drunk guys. Does remember how much damage was actually done to, you know, like, headstones are not cheap. It was a shit ton. Headstones are expensive. It, It was... Yeah. How much it did was, it cost to fly fucking uh, what's his out name here? out here? Yeah. yeah. I think he. I yeah, think no he did shit. it. For the, I'm just the, saying that all adds up. Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. Saying. So it's all. It's all connected. Illuminati. <laughs> I have a feeling that guy won't be out of jail for a while. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Probably not. And like, come on, dude, dick move. Like, even if you are mad at your friend, what the fuck? What, like, what do those hey, people have why'd to do you go through the cemetery? Yeah. Right. I, and why would you go through a cemetery, dude? Like I'm sorry, if only, a cemetery is the last place I want to be. That's no fucking creepy. Shit. If in the, if only would have happened today, we have you know ride sharing bikes now that you can take. He would have had a ride. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Did you see that story too? People are all mad because apparently people are really rude about those bikes. And the, so, like, they started this program a couple months ago in St. Louis, and now when people are riding the bikes, they're just like throwing them on like the side of the street or hanging them on fences or shit. And people are like, yeah. dude, what the fuck? Like that is kind this of is supposed to be nice. It is kind this of a, this is why we can't have nice yeah, things. Sort it of is. I mean, this is why 
you know, yeah, if you go if you is. go to Denver, they have bike kiosk where you rent the bikes from and turn them in so they can, you know, keep track of the bikes. Yeah. It seems like a little bit of a better system. So, um, but anyway, all right, let's move forward into the last story of the week, the one that I really didn't even want to give any time because Kanye West is an idiot. Um, but what are you talking like, about? He's got wait, dragon blood. I, I thought you said this yeah. was news. This is, this has been known, hasn't it? Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Well, it's news on Fox all week because Fox hates Hollywood unless somebody says something that they like. But let's be real about Kanye West's love for Donald Trump. He has two albums that are dropping this month. That's what it's about. And what is hilarious? Why would to he me, alienate his entire fan base before putting be, his album? Because out. he's fucking crazy. Have you kept up with Kanye West? I don't, over the I last don't know if we have a lot of crossover. Like no, nope. I don't know if there's a lot of crossover with our he, audiences. Yeah. He's, I don't understand. He's actually losing his mind. Um, he did. He married a Kardashian. Come on. Um, <laughs> What's weird is that so, he makes the but, Kardashian seem like the reasonable one in the relationship. No shit. Like he. Yeah. Like I actually, and I said it before. I don't know if I said it on the show, but I actually think that like Kanye West, and I'm not saying this because of his Trump thing. I've been saying this for a couple of years now that Kanye West is going to be a tragedy that we all saw coming. Like we saw, we've seen this guy like breaking away from reality for a long time. Again, this has nothing to do with his opinions on Trump. He's just like this guy. He asked Mark Zuckerberg for like five hundred million dollars or some shit so that he could make shoes. Like he's <laughs> he's not there, and like he does think of himself as a god. Um, and I think that like Kanye West is gonna be an avoidable tragedy that we will be talking about sometime in the next ten or fifteen years. But I don't doubt it. This doesn't. But this to me is nothing more than him attempting to sell albums. And I don't know why he chose the Fox News crowd to sell to because, the, again, the crossover doesn't seem realistic there. But what's funnier to me is, the again, the hypocrisy that we talked about a few minutes ago in that now all liberals hate Kanye West because he said something <laughs> about Trump and all conservatives are, like, jerking off because, oh, my God, he's the <laughs> smartest rapper ever. And oh, God. Here I go. Like, and I just, like, you know, like, this is the same guy who said George Bush hates black people. Let's not forget about that, F- Fox right. listeners. Um, they already know, forgot. So, I don't know. I, I don't give I, a shit, because I, I heard one song about from Kanye West probably about 13 years ago. It was Diamonds Are Forever, and that song sucks. And ever <laughs> since then, I was like, whatever, I don't even care what you do. Kanye so. West Kanye West sucks, but here's, here's one tweet of of his that I want to address because it bothered me and it had nothing to do. It did have something to do with Trump, but it's just kind of like, I feel like Kanye tweets the same way Trump does. He's just like, he just kind of goes off a whim here and like, he just throws shit out there. But something that bothered me was a shot that he took at Obama. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because he took a shot at Obama is because what he said didn't make any fucking sense. Barack Obama was, this is Kanye West. Barack Obama was president for eight years. What did he do for black people in Chicago? I don't know if you're aware of what the president's job is, Kanye West, but Donald Trump hasn't done dick for St. Louis. That's not his job. That's the mayor's job. So take it up with the guy (laughs) who fucking actually controls what you're complaining about. It doesn't make any sense to me to, to say what did Barack Obama do for Chicago? 
He wasn't I mean, the, whatever, but what did he do? He wasn't the mayor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about what Barack Obama did or didn't do for Syria. That makes a lot more sense. But There you go. You know, to, because because that argument is too easy to apply anywhere. What has Donald Trump done for Des Moines, Iowa? Egypt. What, what has Donald <laughs> Trump done for St. Charles, Missouri? We, you know, that's not fair. He came to us. He came and visited. He came so. and visited and had hosted, uh, he hosted a $125,000 a plate dinner. That's cool. Um, well, you asked... <laughs> That's fine, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, it does. It's not a fair complaint. It, you can apply that to anybody anywhere. And Kanye, shut the fuck up. I mean, like, he's allowed to have his opinions, go, but I'm also go, allowed to think his music is terrible. So you know, we're at a stalemate. He is. Terrible. I think the worst thing is it like is he's terrible. really, really like, bad. The fact that people freak out, like. They they freak out over his opinions. Like, yeah, he's an idiot. So, like, let's let's move on. A percentage of our population are going to be stupid. Right. It shouldn't shock us anymore. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree with you. I just I just think it's a hilarious story that keeps like I keeps it. Fox is literally running every tweet that Kanye says now. Like that's all Fox can get off on this week. And I'm just like, it's it's so ironic to see the guys that are like, oh, Hollywood elite. Oh, here's what Kanye said. Like, what? Yep. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, that that's my rant on Kanye West. Yeah. I really g- I gave him more time than I wanted to on the show. My takeaway so. is everything is stupid, and I have lost faith in everyone. Except the, the, except James Comey's a- ability to write a good book. He should really be like the next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if uh, right. Tom Clancy, if Tom Clancy needs like a su- successor or something. Yeah, he needs some Jack Reacher yeah. books. There we go. Right. He needs to start doing. Right. Get on that. Anyway, publishing. I, I think that's a good good way to wrap up episode 50, right? So um, I do want to take a moment real quick to I, – I teased at the beginning of the show that we do have an announcement to make that we're really excited about. Um, if you do enjoy listening to us and you don't want to listen to us just bitch about politics all the time – um, Frank has started a new podcast, and I don't want to. I don't want to steal the light, so I'm going to let you explain it, Frank. Yeah. So actually, you actually kind of were the precursor to it back in episode 41, possibly. We had talked about uh, yeah. the first all women's Royal Rumble in the WWE, um, and, that's, yeah, and that's your true. constant talking about wrestling got me back into my ten year old self and started watching it again. Um, so we started a wrestling <laughs> yep. podcast where we, it's a little less heavy than yes. the political stuff, but we just pretty much talk and bitch in the same manner about uh, current wrestling events. Yeah, but <laughs> if you can imagine, though, like with me being a part of that show, which I'm very excited to be a part of, politics still gets slipped yeah. into from time like, to time. It was just about like, seven minutes in, like and wrestling. you had made a Trump reference. I was very proud. Yeah, I did. Right. I did. So um, tell us where to find that, Frank. So uh, I will actually link to it in the show notes, but it's uh, if you just search Body Slammed is the name of the podcast, um, it'll be pretty searchable. Uh, you, I will link to our Twitter, our Facebook, the actual feed itself. Everything will be in the info if you want to find us or just search for us on any uh, podcast player and you should find us. Right. Absolutely. And Mitch, you're more than welcome to be um, a part of that show if you stop being a nerd and hating wrestling. 
So yeah. sorry, guys. I think I'm going to continue hating wrestling. Yeah. So <laughs> that's fine. It's actually you know, a large part of what the podcast the weird is. The podcast is mostly us right. hating wrestling too. So <laughs> I'm not opposed to showing up and being like, "So who's underwear? Uh, what are we doing?" Here? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> the, Anyway, I, w- I was going to go into some of the things that you've done with my action figures, but I'll save that for the wrestling podcast. <laughs> Thank so, you. Um, so anyway, on that note, let's call it a, let's call it an episode. One more announcement, I guess I do want to make. We are going to take basically with the way that our schedules have gone for the last several, really a couple months. Um, you know, we've kind of been not as weekly as we would have liked to have been in the beginning. And I think we're just going to kind of take that, that format and run with it now. So so we are going to take two weeks off um, here. So probably like the middle end of May is when we'll not end the middle of May is when we'll shoot our next episode. And then from there on out, at least for the time being, I think that it, we're thinking it's smarter to kind of turn this into a bi-weekly show than a weekly show for a lot of reasons. I mean, we've got things in our personal scheduling. Life. Yeah. I mean, Mitch, you're doing school and, and you know, we have, and I have kids, little babies. I have a podcast, another podcast two. to occupy my time. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I play a just, lot of D and D. I mean, shit. I think it just, I think it makes more sense to do bi-weekly and then we'll get the biggest stories. But I, I also don't think we need to cover every single little tiny story throughout the course of whatever. So so we're going to try that format going forward, see how that does. And then, you know, if we decide to, to change that in the future, obviously we will make that announcement when the time comes. But I think at least for the time being, um, that's, that's the plan going forward. So... Um, so I think that's all that I have on announcements for for this one. Um, we'll actually link to the Body Slams podcast on the Facebook and Twitter account too um, after these episodes drop. So be on the lookout for that. And then, you know, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook at TDAP2017. Shows will be available biweekly on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Um, and yeah, I make sure to review us on iTunes. We'd love those. Um, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks and we'll, we'll bring you more of the, more of the biggest story. So until then, here it is, your alternative fact of the week. It's like that old saying, if a tree falls in the woods, how do we get Kellyanne under that tree? (laughs) 